Hey, everybody, listen up. Slow Toke Rodriguez says, sit down, grab a raw, twist a number, and get ready to listen to some Sidewalk Crew. You dig? What's up, guys? Thanks for checking out another episode of the Sidewalk Crew. Um, sorry for the late post. Super Bowl kind of held us up last night. You know, Kansas City pulled one out out of nowhere. But today we've got a really, really cool episode. Uh, my buddy Robert Every comes on, man. And uh, Robert uh, is the head of Live to Laugh Comedy. And uh, I'll tell you what, man. Robert uh, has got a cool little open mic that he's put together. And uh, he's one of the old Comedy Zone guys, uh, you know, from the era of, like, you know, Ben Jones and Anthony Crawford, uh, those dudes, uh, you know. And he's got a lot of cool perspectives on a lot of your older stuff and a lot of your original things that, uh, you know, like uh, guys like me dig for because he's been doing it for a long time. Um, we actually get get into a funny story about uh, me seeing Chris Wilds for the first time. Uh, on this podcast, which is crazy. And uh, Robert, man, you know, it's, uh, I remember a couple years back when I first heard about Robert, he was just doing the open mic and he kind of taken a step back from comedy and he was producing. Then uh, I know he said he was getting back into comedy and that's when we kind of linked up, uh, went out to the kettle, you know, did some things over at the kettle and uh, it's it's worked out really well. Um, and I appreciate Robert for what he's done out there. Um, now, uh, tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Uh, Robert is going to be at a show at the Comedy Zone in Greensboro, North Carolina. If I'm not mistaken, Chris Wilds is your headliner, and uh, Cabell Wilkinson's also on that, which Cabell, she's an amazing comic to uh, see as well. And then, of course, uh, on the 22nd, I'll be headlining at Brewer's Kettle. That's right, on the 22nd, I'll be headlining at Brewer's Kettle. Yo, let's 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 make this a sidewalk crew show, guys. Let's let's turn out. Let's let's pack the place out. Let's have a good time. And then uh, the night after that, me, Robert Every, and Ben Jones are gonna head down to Fayetteville, and uh, we're gonna do some stuff at uh, Patty's Pub in Fayetteville on the 23rd. So it's it's gonna be an amazing time for us in comedy, and it's just gonna be great. Um, look, I'll tell you what. It uh, last week, just between work and stuff. I got a, I got a little ran down and everything, and uh, you know I, I went to the mic on Thursday, and uh, I, I just I wet myself. I tried some stuff, you know, which is what we do as comics, and I didn't feel, you know, I felt like last week was kind of a wash. I did some, uh, you know, I saw Trish Smart on Wednesday uh, out at Kettle, um, and uh, we were we were going to do the wrong number, and uh, it was just. You know, a lot of stuff didn't pan last week, but I'll tell you what, man, uh, hanging with a bunch of comics, watching the Super Bowl last night at the Idiot Box, uh, was fantastic, and, um, you know, there's, uh, that's, there's a reason why I'm so glad that's home for me, 
is because I get to do so many awesome things. Like when they have like a Super Bowl party, you know, I get invited up to that or, you know, and we just get to have camaraderie. You know, we had stand-ups and improvers and sketch writers all in the same room, you know, just watching the game, having fun with each other. Uh, everybody brought fruit, you know, uh, Nylon Man. Uh, so uh, if you guys were at my second grad show, uh, when I did the class the second time, um, Nylon was one of the young men on that. And boy, Nylon made these chicken wings, man. Dude, dude, they were the, they were amazing. And it just, you know, I remember I showed up at, uh, I, I had, di- I made dip. I brought dip for everybody. Like, uh, you know, the, uh, the Velveeta dip with a, with a little bit of a twist to it. And, uh, you know, when I showed up, it was just like me with my little dip on the table. And then, you know, Jenny showed up and brought some wings. But then as everybody rolled in, it just like, dude, it was like going to a family reunion potluck. It was awesome. And, you know, uh, it's so great to be able to be around guys that I can do that with. And, you know, <clears throat> I, uh, I even being a Falcons fan, I kind of wanted to see the Eagles win yesterday. And uh, we got really, really close. Uh, but it didn't happen. So, hey, there's next season. You know, we could start building. Maybe I can watch the Dirty Birds in it this year. You know, and then I can pull for the right Predator Bird, uh, which is the one I normally pull for. Um, but, you know, guys, it's uh, it's weird putting it out on I feel weird putting it out on a Monday morning because, you know, this is the same time uh, my one of my heroes, uh, Joey Diaz, puts out his. So, to me, it's weird going up on a Monday. Um but, you know, like I said, uh, I'm sorry for the delay. I'm sorry for everything. Uh, this was uh, this is a really great episode, and I'm, I'm looking forward to you guys uh, running through it. And it's just a great conversation with Robert, um, you know, just talking about stuff and setting up his podcast. Uh, he's also going to be doing this thing called the Road Killers podcast coming out soon. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be fun. We're going to we're going to run him some promo for that. And we're going to talk about Road Killers. We'll give him a little commercial to run in there. Um, also, guys, remember, I got a lot of great friends that have podcasts. Uh, David Goolsby does the OOP that you can find right here on uh, Spotify and through Anchor. Uh, search the OOP. Uh, th- that's uh, my buddy, uh, Goop David Goolsby. He does a fantastic podcast. And then you've got all my friends at the Creative Businessman Studios, uh, like the Creative Businessman Podcast. You've got Mr. Business, Neil Hoover, um, Tom Simmons with the Dumbest Guy in the Room, Eric Trendy would never been happier. There's also, uh, you know, this new little segment that's popped up, Mike Court. Like, maybe, you know, stuff after Mike's get kind of crazy. <clears throat> and uh, we talk to people, you know, and you just get a bunch of comics in the room telling crazy stories. And, uh, you know, that that's that's never a bad time. Um, what else? What else? What else? I mean, just, guys, there's so much. And it's just, there's uh, so much cool that's been happening. And you know what? It's we we're gonna get in it because this was a long one, so I'm not gonna hold you guys up anymore. But remember, you can see Robert on the 14th uh, at the Comedy Zone on Valentine's Day, and then uh, you can catch me headlining at Brewers Kettle on the 22nd. Um, I think Hewlin's headlining this week on the 15th. Hewlin Saunders. If you've never seen Hewlin Saunders, you should definitely come out and check him out too. Hewlin's fire. Um, but I'll be headlining there on the 22nd. And then on the 23rd, I'll be at Patty's Pub in Fayetteville. Um, you know, making it go down, baby. So uh, that's it, guys. Uh, you know, it's great talking to you on a Monday morning. So sit back, gear in. You know, if you bout it, twist a number and check out this episode. Because, uh, you know, it's a fun one. Thanks, you guys. Love y'all. So... What, how long have you been doing it now? 
Uh, I started in like 2010, like the summer of 2010. It was like right after I just turned, I just turned 18 uh, when I started doing it. And like, was it, so I know for me, it was, it was, it was people around me that were telling me, hey, you know, you might be able to do this. And I was like, so I worked at a nightclub and I'd like MC there. And sometimes people would have their birthday and they'd be like, well, roast us. And, like, so it was, like, me and a couple other guys that would... And, like, now the couple other guys were real observational and just, like, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah. like, I like I knew other people at the bar yeah. that were regulars that were likely to show up. So I'm writing jokes with these assholes. I'm writing jokes with the owner. I'm writing jokes with the person that... And I'm, like... I told one of my buddies' buddies that he looked like old boy from Minnesota Society that was sucking dick for fucking... I'm like, I got these cheeseburgers, man. Like, I told this dude to his face that. Like, in a legitimate, like, will beat my ass kind of guy. Because I was just ballsy. Yeah. But uh, and from shit like that is what made me push into it eventually. But so like, did you have like people around you that were telling you? Uh, so here's the weird thing about it. Like, dude, I growing up through like school and everything. Like, I was such a shy dude. Like, like unbelievably shy. Like, I was taking failing grades in school because I on uh, projects that I had to knew I had to present in front of a class because I just wouldn't do it. And uh, it's because I always hated the sound of my voice. You know, I, I grew up with like a hearing disability, so like I did that. Sounded like a like a twenty five year old man when I was like nine, <laughs> like, like, because I had, like my tonsils removed and shit. So like, uh, so yeah, I've had this deep ass voice since I was like a fucking kid, man. Like yeah, I'd have people tell me, oh, you sound like my dad, man. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so anyway, so it made me really self conscious about like talking in front of people and like I didn't have classmates like if I because I couldn't hear, it, I'd say what, so people would be like what, and they would like make fun of my voice all the time. So you know. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, kids are fucking little assholes, man. Back kids ain't back. shit, man. Uh, I mean, it got worse. We got, the, we got, we progressed to things like, uh, like Xbox Call of Duty game chats where fuck you had to really develop your thick skin. Oh, but, that's a hellscape. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, um, so I was always really self-conscious about stuff like that, talking in front of people. But I did have like some friends around me, you know, because I wasn't like the most popular guy in school. Um, until I started like selling weed and shit, but like, I mean, it'd be like that. Yeah. So I had like a couple of friends of mine, um, buddies, Alex and Carlos. And, uh, we, we, we were like fucking, you know, the three trio, man. Like we never was, if there was one of us, man, the other two were around the corner. Right behind. We were always yeah. together. And, um, so I would always be the one that was just like, just cracking on people, just, you know, making them laugh and doing all this. So, uh, one day, like somebody had, um, I think Alex actually, he was like, dude, you should try to do comedy because we used to always watch comedy specials. Like, we'd watch like all the Dave Chappelle shit when it come out, David Tell, anything that came on like the Comedy Central Secret Stash and all that. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, like we're Secret Stash fucking fiends, dude. Like, because we'd be, I mean, at the time in high school, you're up till fucking four o'clock in the morning so you can watch all that shit. Yeah, well, and, I mean, and for people who like don't know, you know, but used to Comedy Central carried clout, you know, that was, yeah, that, yeah, that was yeah. what you live for. You live for special because that's where, that's where you watch Hedberg bomb and they put yeah, it on yeah, TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was, they, he, bombed and then that was also turned out to be the the highest grossing comedy central present special that they had yeah because like uh, they said a lot of that laughter is phoned in um until like probably about like about like the second half of that special like after he gets after up, he stands up after he stands stage. up off the steps yeah, yeah so he puts his hands in his face which i think that's like the album cover too is like what he's sitting on that and that's like the moment where he gave up on the set and he was like fuck it let's just finish it and then he starts fucking just going and suddenly i don't know what it was with the audience but they just it just fucking clicked to him they're like they understood this man just out of nowhere i don't know what happened like why did you not understand this fucking guy for the first fucking 15 <laughs> minutes of this dude's fucking set man uh 20 minutes or whatever and then uh but anyways uh so they were like uh 
you know, you, you should try telling jokes to like on stage. And I was like, dude, are you fucking crazy, man? Like, I don't tell, I don't talk to people, man. Like, I don't talk to people outside of this house. So then, like, uh, Carlos was like, dude, uh, there's a place called the Comedy Zone in, in Greensboro. And I had never fucking, you know, I never really left High Point that much, so I didn't know shit about really Greensboro at the time other than, like, Four Seasons Mall. Right. Like, because, like, we just never fucking left High Point. And, um, so, I remember it was, like, they did it every second Thursday, every second and fourth Thursday of the month. So, basically, every other Thursday. And, uh, it was, like, an incentive mic, like a bringer show, like, so you brought, like, uh, five people with you, and you pay five bucks, and they each pay five bucks, and that's how you get on the mic. If you didn't bring five people with you, you had to eat 30 bucks, bro, like, you had to pay $30 to get on that stage. Right. And, and a lot of people say that, like, oh, man, I can't fucking believe that you would fucking pay $30 to get on stage, like, I would never do that, and all this... Now, here's my thing. I actually very much respected what Comedy Zone did with that $30 thing. Because here's the thing. It packed that fucking room out, dude. Yeah. It packed that fucking place out, dude. We broke fucking fire codes. Like, what that, that place was so fucking packed. And that had a lot to do with, you know, Chris Wiles was the was the uh, MC at the time, too. So a lot of people love Chris. Uh, B-Dot was pushing the mic, you know, on one or two jams. Uh, he, so he saw, he was around there a lot. So he did a lot, he had a lot to do with, uh, filling that place out. But, uh, it was, but the rest of it was carried by, uh, you know, the bringer mic. You know, you brought like five people with you. So then you have some fucking dude that never did stand up before. That's like, oh, I'm going to bring all the fucking people for my job with me. So he brings 15, 20 fucking people or whatever. And eats it. Yeah, and eats <laughs> shit. Every, oh, yeah, every single one of those dudes. And you never see him again, but those fucking dudes were cycling through. And because, uh, you know, you had those people, uh, you could tell who were the comics and who were not the comics. Because there's 20 fucking people came to see you. You, you ain't been doing this shit that long. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you were like... Uh, Anthony Crawford walking in there, motherfucker, or like, you know, uh, Ben or James Hodger, you know, these guys that have been doing it for a while, they understand, like, all right, man, they, people see your first time, they'll gonna give a fuck about you your second, uh, they were paying, they were putting that in there, but what, but what that did was also, you didn't waste your fucking time, you paid that 30 bucks, you had four fucking minutes, you put your best fucking four minutes on that damn stage because why the hell are you gonna pay 30 bucks to fucking just just dick around uh like it like it's some bullshit bar mic or just like two people in the crowd yeah. you got a full fucking room here that you paid to fucking get on to try to put your best shit out and it produced some of the best fucking comics dude like from our scene at that time like chico bean was mc in that that uh room at the time but i'm sure he he went through uh that mic had been going for about three years or so before i started uh, getting into is I'm sure he went through that process too, where he was at one point paying 30 bucks to get on stage. Uh, just like a lot of us, like Jordan Fisher, man, uh, he went on to do the tonight show. Um, you know, these are good, you know, Anthony Crawford, Ben Jones, James Hodge. Um, these are all currently today working comics. Yeah. I mean, real, you know, working comics that are paying their bills on comedy, man. He has was some... Andy coming around over there too, or Forrester? Um, I don't remember seeing Andy Forster around there at that time. I think Andy Forster probably has been doing it for a little while too. Um, I think he's been doing it for about twenty years or something now, right? I, I know he's been. I know his first album just came up, which is not bad. Good album. Good no, album. yeah, like yeah, dude. I try, um, uh, but Andy's um, he's a fucking phenomenal comic, dude. That dude is a crush in, in any room, man. Um, 
He's funny. Oh, yeah, dude. He's he's such a smart dude, dude. He's like, clean. That's, that's what, what it is. That's, and that's why, that's what I love about him. That dude's... You and you almost forget that he's a clean comic. Like that's how it's fucking. You know, that's how well he does it. Well, because you catch ever so often, you catch that set, set or one of the rare sets that he'll do, where you'll just hear my number, just be like, "Shit!" And you're just like, "Yeah." Because oh. when you hear it, the room goes bananas. Because we're especially if there's comics in the fuck yeah, Eddie, he meant that shit. Yeah, dude, mm. I, I love uh, seeing like, if I pass through Facebook or Instagram or something, I see one of his reels, dude. He's one of those guys. I'll stop and I'll listen to his reels because he's just that funny. Man, yeah, dude. And he's just got that. He's another guy, you know, that's just got the character, man. Like, when you see that dude, like, you just see the face of that guy. You're like, this is a stand-up comedian, man. Yeah. Like, he's just got that, like, that facial expression, man. That's just all the time, like, this guy is here to make somebody laugh. But, um, but anyways, uh, back to, uh, you know, how I got started. Um, he, uh... You know, Carlos showed up to the house with his stepdad, and I was like, man, I wasn't going to do it, man. I was like, you know, I was kind of hoping that we would just forget about it and pass on. But it's, and I tried to, I even tried to bullshit and say I didn't have the money to do it. I tried, I, I tried, man, I tried to get the fuck out of it, man, because I, I, I didn't want to do it, man. Yeah, they put up the money real quick, didn't they? Oh, yeah, dude, Carlos' stepdad showed up with fucking 30 bucks. Actually, 40, because he gave us the fucking gas money, dude. And Carlos's mom fucking was like, look, I'll drive you guys. And so they were, that shit was gonna happen, dude. There was no fucking way I was getting out of that shit, man. Did they, you have any idea of anything that you were gonna say? Um, kind of a little bit. Uh, and I just had a bunch of one-liners I had written down. Uh, and they did okay. I got a couple laughs. It wasn't a lot, but uh, even, like, bombing. Like, I bombed my first fucking few months. Probably really my first year was absolutely dog shit. And the second year was really probably no, no better. But, uh, but I was learning. And it, what to me, what I was taking out of that was more than getting laughs. It, it was, like, the ability to start talking to people. Like, and so that was a really big deal for me to be able to start actually getting in front of people. Like, as far as, like, uh, just for me as a person, not just as a comic. Because, like I said, man, I was taking failing grades in school. Like, I could have fucking flunked out of school. Cause I, I, I didn't want to do my senior project. Yeah. Like, I, I just didn't, dude. Like, I, and I bullshitted that, man, as much as I could. Because I was in ROTC at the time. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do a senior project on the Marine Corps. So I was like, I got a uniform from ROTC already. So I was like, there's my project right there. I'm just going to wear the uniform. And I'm just going <laughs> put to some, put some ranks and a few facts. Basically just copy-pasting my fucking uh, old damn homework from fucking ROTC onto a poster board. And I passed, dude. I mean, that's where our education system is. I, was, I did my senior project in fucking 25 minutes that morning of. Like, motherfuckers were working on that shit since junior year. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I got a fucking B-plus on that motherfucker, man. And I was like, you fucking amateurs working on Look at you fucking, look at you building a guitar for your senior project. Good for you, but you didn't have to work that hard. <laughs> <laughs> this is a high school in Highport, North Carolina, dog. <laughs> for for those who don't know, in other parts of the country where they don't have, here in North Carolina, we had to do a, a big project at the end of the year that was a focus of something we were really interested or in wanted to do, i.e. senior projects. Like, I did mine on um, live sound and DJing, so I got to watch a bunch of, I got to go to a spot where all the teachers hung out after school and watch them get loaded for like six weeks while I took notes on live sound and DJing, and it was it was a it was a nice experience. Sold a bunch of teachers Adderall. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. Um, so, where do you? Wh when did you start? So, how do you go from like where you started to like live to laugh? 
Uh, Live to Laugh came years later, man. Um, I really just wanted to actually just overcome the anxieties and of performing and writing and getting like into like the comedy itself before like, because uh, I mean I know it's one of those things. It's a marathon, it ain't a sprint. Um, but uh, Live to Laugh is just one of those things. Uh, it's actually something that came from my dad. Uh, so yeah, my dad passed away from uh, lung cancer a few years ago. But like one of the, one of the things that um he told me before he passed was like uh he was really proud of me which is crazy because by when i first told my dad i was gonna start doing comedy he kind of laughed and said who the fuck is gonna laugh at you and i was like ouch but all right fair <laughs> you every day dad yeah, you uh, every day uh, yeah dude so i uh so i did some uh so i did my set you know uh one night i um i did a uh i got to do a guest spot for chris wilds at the comedy zone and um and I I recorded it and I showed it to my dad and my dad like was absolutely fucking blown away that I that you know I was up there doing this and I actually went for it and I actually got laughs that night and I did really well that night. And uh so you know, we, one of the things done before he passed away was like um, you know, keep them laughing, you know, keep them laughing, you know, uh keep them laughing out loud and I just kinda was like I kind of spun that into a live to laugh, um, and just, so uh, I was like, yeah, that's kind of going to be the thing that I go by now. Um, because that's, you know, to me, it means a lot to me because like life, you know, life can't be lived without laughter, man. I mean, if, if you don't have jokes, you can't laugh at yourself. You can't laugh at situations. Like, what the hell are you here for? You, you're not wrong. I mean, you're going to have a very long fucking, you have a very long, it's going to be a very long, dark life. You can't laugh at shit. Slow, tragic. Yeah. And even sad. if, and even the, even the shitty stuff you got to laugh at, dude, I mean, like, I crack jokes about my dad passing away all the time, I mean, which I think as a society, we've been desensitized to a lot of shit. Now. Yeah. <laughs> we have been desensitized through memes and all the other shit that we see now like dude i mean dude how many memes do you think are out about the fucking earthquake in turkey by now fucking shit happened last week 20 something thousand people died guarantee you motherfucker got about 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 100 memes on that shit right now i'm I'm gonna say we're somewhere between one and 500 like unique ones yeah 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 yeah. like uh now repost value who knows yeah man but yeah unique ones i mean hell even i was fucking sitting here thinking of some i was like oh well this that's kind of our job though you know we're like bad shit happens and we're like hmm well, like, uh, so Chinese spy balloon, uh, the moment I heard that and I was sitting, it was, uh, I was, I was at my day job and, uh, me and my buddy went to this, uh, pizza spot. I mean, it's called Milano's. It's up on 68. It's not bad pizza. I passed it before. Yeah. Though, yeah. It's not bad pizza for, for, for a buffet style pizza. I love the fact that their buffet is just an old pizza in buffet that they rescued from a closing restaurant and then put in there. It's, I mean, Hey man, it fucking works. Um, but, uh, we're sitting there, we're watching it and they're like, you know, Chinese spy balloon and all this stuff. And uh, the the two jokes that I got immediately out of it was the fact that they were like, you know, we have to take this down because China's spying on us. Now, please follow us at Fox News on uh, TikTok. And I'm like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense because if you read that agreement, that's the same thing. Um, and then uh, my other thought was instantly, I was like, you ever think that maybe it's like a group of college kids like that's in the actual Democratic part of China that are just like, we are so sorry. <laughs> well, I never saying that. I mean, they were saying it was like, dude, probably some like, like uh, some student's weather balloon or something that got away. And I was sitting here like, I had my theory on it. I was like, I was really hoping that it was like somebody's like gender reveal party that went horribly, <laughs> horribly wrong. Like I was waiting for them to shoot that thing and it just turns blue or pink. <laughs> what does purple mean? <laughs> hey, man, that's one way to fucking find out, though, man. <laughs> Like we tried, we caused a global fucking crisis, man. Most expensive gender reveal ever, because they had to scramble three F-22 rabbits for that. This <laughs> when your fucking gender reveal party nearly starts World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> 
How can we make society question more stuff about themselves? Hold my beer, said China. <laughs> oh, how long? So, how long after Live to Lab did you get Brewers Kettle? Because we <laughs> met through Kettle. So, um, so I started doing Live to Laugh back in about 2016. Um, that was when I started doing a little bit of feature work for the Comedy Zone. And I was, uh, so I was about to, you know, I had a first gig, was the Greensboro Comedy Zone featuring for DS, uh, DS Sanders. And, um, so I had, uh, I was just doing Live to Laugh just as like, you know, I got it tattooed on me and, um, I just had like, just, you know, Facebook cover photo and all that shit. I had no fucking merch for it or anything. But I was watching like DS like sell a bunch of t-shirts and I was like, and I think I see it at the time, like, you know, like that kind of font print like on the t-shirts was like kind of the thing at the time. Like, yeah, I, like, have like, like if you watch like, like DC, like DC, DC, like Rob Deerdeck had a bunch of shit like that. Um, like, you know, with that kind of style. And I was really into that, like that kind of skater lifestyle back then. Like, you know, like watching like all the shit, like fucking anything Rob Deerdeck was doing at the time. So I was, I was, that's kind of where the inspiration of where the shirt design kind of came from. Um, just to have that live to laugh, just in big bold print, just to kind of like a graffiti almost style art yeah. uh, font to it. And I was like, yeah, this would actually be a dope t-shirt, man. Um, and it's a cool saying, it's just a cool saying. It's even something like, I believe in co with comedy merch, it should be something that you don't have to tell a joke to explain the shirt. Or it's just got a, um, just a, just a quote or like a, a brand that's just, um, it can be taken into any everyday life. Like live to laugh can be taken into anything. Yeah. You know, I mean it's not very that not that far off of live, laugh, love. I mean honestly it's very some basic white girl shit I've been told. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's really not that far off. But um so uh, I started doing the t shirts when I had a gig in uh Greenville, South Carolina. I was opening up for Valerie Storm. And a uh, phenomenal comic, by the way, if you've never seen Valerie Storm before. She's, uh, I think she's out of, like, Fort Myers, Florida or something like that. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, yeah, so she's, uh, so I started doing t-shirts. I sold a bunch down there because a lot of people liked, liked what they looked like. And then, um, so I did those for a while. Then I actually also did, like, pink ones. And I did, uh, like, a stand-up to cancer on the, on the sleeve. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. fuck up pink shit. Yeah, yeah dude. Um, so I had sold a bunch of those for, like, the month of October. And because uh, cancer was a big thing for me, like it fucking runs deep in my family, I guess. Because everybody, died, everybody in my family, like uh, no man in my family lived past his fifties, uh, and it's all cancer. So I was, uh, so cancer was always one of those things. Like during the month of October, I'll sell those, and I'll just donate. I donated like it wasn't a lot of money. I think I made like a thousand bucks on the shirts, and I donated them to like some uh, various cancer foundations. And um, I used to paint my hood pink on my truck, and I'd charge people a buck to sign it. Oh yeah, and dude. then I then I like rip it because I do it with plastic, but I rip it off and we like uh, every year I had like a jar and like one year we did it where me and my grand like I had a video with her and me sealing the jar and like we like punched the hole through the top of it with, like a drill and that was the only way you get money in. Yeah. And then like uh, we broke the jar and then like you know handed in the money. I think that year it went to. Uh, I think that year it went to High Point Cancer Center because that's where my granddad was. Like uh, Doctor yeah. Interver was over there. That was his oncologist. Really yeah. good dude. Um, I think he came on to Wake Forest that, um, that year, because that's where my dad was at. Um, yeah. That's where he was at, at the time. Um, We've done it for the Children's Hospital a couple... I did it for the Children's Hospital. I still, I still did paint, because I always did it during October. But, like, I gave it to the Children's Hospital one time. I had a cousin that had lymphoma, and he went yeah. there until they transferred him to, I think, High Point 2. Um, we've given stuff to Make-A-Wish a couple times. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, that's like, it's not... Like, it's not about money. Like, that's, you know, I, I want to do stuff with what I'm doing with here with the same thing, because I don't want to, like... 
that uh, something that I, I don't think y'all had that I think I get the advantage of getting this starting at the time I started was because uh, like you know I'll, I'll hear stuff from guys who've been doing it for a while like you know Ben and JD and guys like that. And they'll say, like, you know, we were told when we did this, the only way to do this was give your entire life to this immediately, and you were going to have to suffer through it, and it was just going to be hard, and you were just going to have to deal with it, and that was it. You had to, like, you had to be broke, you had to do this, you had to do that. And now the advice I get from a lot of guys that have been seasoned like yourself, you know, it's like, hey, you know, make sure you got a daytime gig so you can actually enjoy doing this so it doesn't fucking ruin it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, one of the things, like, and it's... There's so much more access to be able to make money and also live a schedule now. Like, you got shit like DoorDash and GigPro. You can go wash dishes somewhere at some brewery in fucking Charlotte or something for like 140 bucks for that, you know, for an eight-hour shift or something. Mm -hmm. But you, you schedule it on your own time, so you don't really have to. So, like, uh, like you know, me and, me and Ben, you know, we uh, were... Uh, you know, when I wasn't working my job for the beer company, I was working um, a lot of DoorDash outside of comedy. And, you know, that just saves you, man. Like, it's it's a big pain in the ass, and it is a lot of gas. And, it, and it's is it worth, is it really truly worth it? Probably not, but it does get you through. And it does allow you to be able to make money and not have to be like, man, I'm on this fucking schedule. It's like, so if you have a gig that fucking night, you don't have to worry about like, damn, dude, I gotta call my boss. They're like, no, I just want fucking DoorDash that day. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll DoorDash a little extra throughout the week and I, so I won't have to do it this weekend so I can go run that gig or something. Yeah, instead of hitting like lunch rushes all week, I might do a couple breakfast lunch Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... I've done that. You know, so there's, there's a lot more, uh... There's a lot more help now because of stuff like that than there was years ago. I mean, before, you didn't have all. I mean, you, you kind of did. I mean, it, it existed, but it wasn't like... It's was so small. Yeah, it was so minor. Like, even Uber back then wasn't real... Was, like, when we first started, was not, like, blown up. Like, it was probably the biggest thing, the biggest one out of the, uh, you know, the service, you know, apps. But, I mean, even then, it was still... It was very small compared to what it is now. Well, because everybody thought, everybody thought it was crazy that it was like, oh, you mean a stranger's going to come pick me up? No, I want to call a company that'll send me a stranger. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, you didn't know your fucking cab driver, but you called Yellow Cab because you figured they yeah. vetted those motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... So, yeah. Kettle. Yeah, the Kettle. Anyway, so how the Kettle came to be was, uh... Obviously, I stopped doing comedy during the pandemic. I kind of stopped doing it a little bit before that when I got married and shit, which, you know, um, just life kind of happened for about six months before I stopped doing it before the pandemic is why I kind of stopped doing comedy and I didn't do it for like a whole year of the pandemic. And then, uh, and honestly, I wasn't really going to come back to doing comedy like that um, until like uh, I had just happened to see, because I live right behind the kettle. I moved there after like during the pandemic when my apartment lease was up and uh to my buddy Brandon's house and I was walking up the street one day because I always like going up to um their coffee truck Potheads Coffee um I saw a sign that said open mic I was like all right cool and I just kind of took it as a generic open mic you know like, like NYP used to do in Greensboro on Tate Street yeah I remember they would just do like poetry mic. music comedy whatever so I was yeah. like all right cool I'm take it as that so I walked up there and I was like, you know, I see, uh, I see Andy up there, Andy Kennedy, the owner of the bar. And I'm like, uh, yeah, dude, don't we do some, uh, we sign up for this open mic. And he's looking at me weird as fuck. I'm like, is this, am I here for the wrong night? And he's like, are you a musician? And I was like, no. And I was, he was like, well, what are you doing, man? I was like, I'm a comic, man. 
He was like, oh, we just do music here, open mic. So I was like, oh, gotcha, dude. So that was awkward. And then I went. <laughs> <laughs> just do music? Yeah, well, that's kind of what that, what that venue was kind of always known for. There's just like a, like a live music venue in front of a craft bar, like craft beer and wine bar and cigar bar and uh but they did like live music like uh fun. i mean like, i get i get live music but i've never heard the words like hey can i sign up for your open mic oh what do you play uh i tell jokes nah like that that's bananas bro yeah dude and he was like we just do music here and i was like so i was like which i get it you know i'm just sticking to this thing so i was like all right dude so i'm gonna go on back to the house so then, like, two days later, Andy messages, um, he messages me, because I had, like, you know, introduced myself, and he found me on Facebook, and he messaged me, and he was like, hey, man, um, you said you do comedy? And I was like, yeah, dude. And um, he was like, well, I got a Wednesday night that's open, so uh, would you, uh, you want to do a comedy show here on Wednesday nights? And I was like, like, yeah, dude, I'll run an open mic. Because at the time, I was like, dude, other than, like, other than, you know, anything Idiot Box is doing, I didn't really know anywhere else that was, you know, because, fuck, pandemic. Was, you know, I don't even know who the fuck is even open right now at the end of the, at this time. And, like, let alone who's doing fucking comedy other than, like, Zoom shit or, like, um, you know, whatever the box was doing. And I was like, well, what if, you know, I just have this, you know, I run it. This is the only thing, like, my contribution to comedy, man. Um, I give comics a place to perform. Uh, I don't really know what everybody else's, you know, scheduling is right now, but I was like, dude, I'll just run this open mic every Wednesday. I'll take how, take all the knowledge I learned from, you know, how the Comedy Zone open mic ran, um, which ran, they ran that shit smooth as a motherfucker, man. They've had that shit an hour and a half, never really went over, um, but, uh, and they had like a format where they, you know, they had a cutoff list and all this and that. And, uh, so I started doing the open mics there, and like the first night, it was like so weird. Um, it was like I didn't even know how it was gonna go. I just put the post out there. I was like, new open mic. I put it on all the fucking comedy pages and Facebook and all this shit. I sent Ben Jones a message, um, and I sent a couple other comics a message, and I was like, hey man, you guys want to come to my open mic night t- t- tonight? So I got a new open mic I'm running. Ben shows up. Uh, I think Russell Crowley showed up. He, ben brought Russell. That's how I met Russell Crowley was through that open mic when Ben brought him out because they were they were pretty tight at the time. Right. Mm. And James Hodge, I think, showed up that night. And then, like, right as the mic is about to start, it was so fucking crazy. It was like, here comes a fucking parade of these, of these fucking comics, dude. And they're just like a rescue team, man. They all start pulling into the fucking parking lot. Like, one of them, like fucking eight cars pulled in. And it's like, I think, like, I think Decoro showed up that night. I think, uh, I can't remember. I think, uh, Phil Warren showed up that night. Uh, and I didn't recognize Phil because the last time I saw Phil, Phil was fat, dude. <laughs> like, like, I was like, look at this motherfucking jacked and son of a bitch. I'm like, you guys, what's your name? He's like, bro, you know me, man. And I was like, Phil, holy shit, dude, you look amazing right now, dude. Like, and, uh, and I think uh, Ethan Krimmelmeyer, I met him. At, um, it's, he's a dude that moved up to uh, Chicago. I don't even know if he still does comedy anymore or not. I think he does. Um, and then Luke Sparks, I met him there. And I've just met a bunch of dudes. I think Lucas Gumbert came out that night, that first mic. So, yeah, there was a bunch of... So, like, I knew some of them from back when I was still performing. And I just met a bunch of new dudes. Yeah. And so, which I just, you know, there was a whole fucking slew of y'all, man. I was like, where the hell did y'all come from, man? Like, I've only been gone for a year, man. <laughs> I guess it shows you how fucking quick the comedy scene can change. 
And uh, so we started running it, and I was running it bi-weekly. And, um, you know, the first night, there was a few people there that were like, oh, this is cool, start doing it, we'll watch it, we'll watch it. For the next few weeks, nobody gave a flying fuck what we were doing, dude. Like, it was something, because it was still new, and at the time, they'd, they'd never seen comedy there before. Kernsville never really had it like that over there yet. So um, they were like, it was like, one of those things, kind of had to attack the audience. Oh, yeah. Like, to really let them know, like, this is what the fuck we're doing here. And, like, I'll tell you, like, the worst fucking night that we had at the Brewer's Kettle. And we shouldn't have done it. And I even, every time I tell a comic that we even fucking did this, dude, they fucking laugh at me. Like, we did a show on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> uh, that's the reaction. That's the reaction I got that, too. Right? For most of, so I was like, whatever. I thought, I actually thought it would be a good idea because I was like, St. Patrick's Day, who doesn't want to fucking laugh at some shit? Horribly stupid fucking idea. There was like a hundred something people at Brewer's Kettle that day. Not a single one of them gave a flying fuck about so the there's, because Because the day this will air, because we're putting this out, I'm able to say this. I'm uh, I'm doing a mic on Tuesday, because uh, I've been asked to come do it, you know, yeah. and like help them out on the tail end of it. And Tuesday is Valentine's Day. Yeah. So we'll see how that one goes. Same sentiment as St. Patrick's Day. Like, ain't nobody gonna give a sh- shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, which, what? What? Well, Valentine's Day depends where you at. Where are you doing it? At? Well, I'm I'm doing a mic though. That's the thing. I'm doing a mic at another at another spot in Winston. Okay. Um, but like I know like now I know you're on a show, right? Yeah, I'm actually at the Comedy Zone that night. See, I'm... that's that's different though. That's different. Yeah. That's those are couples who are coming out. Yeah, that, that's true. That's true. That's that's different. I'm going to a bar where like they might not know. No, 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 and and uh, and if they don't know, that's uh, how long you had this mic planned for? I uh, no, I got asked. Oh, you got asked. I got asked to do like like it's not my mic. Okay. I'm doing a buddy's mic. Like oh, so we we went and did the first one a few weeks ago and the room was great. Yo, the bar like it's it's so the bar's called Wrong Number. It's in a, it's in Winston on Fourth. Um, the ceilings are a little high, but there's like a stage right at the door. Well, it's not really a stage. It's like a lounge area, but you use it as a stage. It's higher than the rest of the crowd. There's one TV in the bar, and it's at the very back of the bar. So, like, there's nothing along the walls to get your distraction. The bar funnels into a hallway, and then there's, like, an area for seats in front of you. As far as a room, yo, it's a nice fuck. Granted, the door's right here where people walk in at where you're doing jokes at, but you can make that work. That's yeah. not that hard. What, is the, what time does it start? Uh, eight. Eight? Yeah. And if it, I mean, shoot, dude. I mean, my show's at 70. It depends at, you know, 8.30 or whatever. I get paid. I got some time to hit it, man. I ride through. And, I'll let you know if we're still there. Uh, yeah, let me know if we're still Let me know if, we're, if you're still there. But I'll let yeah, you know if you're still But the room's, the room's fine. So last week, we were going to try to do it again. And I am on the way out the door. And my buddy that's headed up hits me up. And he was like, yo, I got the dates wrong. It's next week. And I was like, cool. And I didn't think about that it was Valentine's Day until yesterday. And I was just like... Fuck, and I would like I thought about messaging him, and then I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I've already told him, Mama, like I don't want him to scramble in two days and try to call somebody else, you know. Yeah. So I'd I, at that point I just looked at him. I was like, Baby, I love you. Do you want to go spend Valentine's Day in Winston? She's huh? And I'm like, yeah, this might be what we're doing. So, yeah. but it'll, it'll be fun. But on Mike's different, like yours. So that's you, Chris, and Cabell, uh, right? Cabell, yeah. Yo, uh, Cabell's fucking. Fire. Yeah, dude, when I heard Cabell was on the show, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I was actually so happy about that. Because, like, I met Cabell when I first started. Like, she was uh, she was one of the Comedy Zone, um, one of the Comedy Zone. I guess uh, they had their own group. Um, ben Jones, Anthony Crawford, James Hodge, uh, Cabell, this dude, Brandon King, Baz, uh, a whole bunch of comics um, called the NC Comic All-Stars. And, uh, you know, when I was first saying it, I was like, wow, man, these people are all funny as shit, dude. All of them, dude. Cabell was fucking funny as shit since the day I fucking seen her, man. And, uh, so, like, I've always, and she's grown so much more and gotten even better, dude. 
so she's like a fucking monster comic. So to see that she was on the lineup, I was like, dude, this is really cool. This is also very nostalgic because it's just like, that's where I met Cavill and Chris at. And I'll be able to do a show with both of them at the same time. Like, dude, it's just uh, one of those things that, that, that kind of meant like that whole show means a lot. It's always means a lot to me when I get to work with Chris, man. Um, especially at that comedy zone because that's where I started doing comedy at. I saw Chris Wiles in high school at Northeast High. I was DJing a campus life event that was happening. And they, I don't know which teacher knew them, but one of my teachers knew Chris and a couple other comics. I don't know where Chris got the comics from. The more I think about it, I think one of them was Ben Jones. Probably. But, like, it would have been a young-ass Ben Jones. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Dude, I got uh, dude, I got pictures of a young-ass Ben Jones, and it's, it's fucking adorable. I actually have probably the youngest picture of Ben Jones in the comedy scene. And this is a picture, because Ben Jones was in, well, we went to school together in elementary school. I was in, uh, I was in kindergarten. He was in second grade. He was in the class with my sister. So there's actually a picture. I have a yearbook of Ben Jones. <laughs> and you want to talk about a dude who looks exactly the same now as he did when he was like fucking seven? <laughs> He's just like, got a beard. This is it's like a picture of him in like a little fucking like Cub Scout uniform. <laughs> <laughs> So that was my first interaction with but uh, so they get there and like they made the call before the comics went on. They were like apparently they talked to enough of the kids and like there were a few kids that had left, but it was a lock in event. So like the kids that were staying over, like they were able to convince these kids that these were the cool like campus life kids, or whatever group it was that we were doing. Yeah. So they walked to me and they were like, Hey, after the comics get off stage because I've been like censoring shit all night. Like, fucking, I'm doing spin drops and everything to, like, like, I couldn't even let a damn slip, like, nothing. Then they're like, yo, these comics are coming up. And then, like, they tell them that it's okay for them to just be unhinged. All right. So Chris does the candy joke that he does, and I'm not going to spoil his joke. No, yeah, yeah, But the yeah, one where yeah. he's like, you know, my goobers and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, a, good, it's a great story, man. First, first joke I ever heard him do, and that's how he closed. And it was, and like I said, I think Ben was there because I'm pretty sure Ben Jones walked up to me and asked me to bring him out to some like crazy music. I think it was Lady Gaga, and I'm pretty sure he like pelvic thrusted at a bunch of like high schoolers a couple times, more yeah. like fucking blue meanie. Like, that sounds about. That sounds about like Ben. Yeah, and like just it, it's. I think it was Ben. I can't Ben. I'm so sorry if it wasn't you. If you didn't perform at a Northeast High with Chris Wilde at some point. But this motherfucker looked just like you, and it might be just because, like myself, he was also a fat fuck. No, this is McLeansville, North Carolina. Oh, McLeansville, North Carolina. Yeah. And this was like 2008, 2009. Okay. It could have been. It could have not. I wasn't doing comedy at that time, so I couldn't tell you. Could have been uh, a super young. I don't know. But either, otherwise, it was another big fat dude. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm also a big fat dude. So fuck you guys if it wasn't you. But I love you both anyway. Um, but it was that. that's the first time I can remember seeing Chris. And I got to see smatterings of Chris throughout. And, like, I, I didn't realize it then, but that was probably the first time I thought it would be fun to be funny in front of people. Yeah. Because, like, I remember watching shows. Yeah. Like, and watching comics. I had a group of comics that I loved, like Carlin, fucking Hicks, yeah. Patrice. Oh, yeah. You know, just, like, guys that I – but I never, it never crossed my mind. I was like, you know, these motherfuckers are talented. I'm going to go pick up my guitar and learn another scale. Yeah. You know, because that – and then years and years and years of an amalgamation later, you know, here I am talking to another comic – because I've I've become a decent little comic, 
in my own little right. Like, I'm no fucking killer by any means. Nah, dude, yeah, but you, yeah, I've, I've watched your sets before. You've done open mics um, over at over in uh, the Brewers Kettle, and as yeah, dude, you've, you're doing good, man. You're doing all the right things, dude. Uh, you're pacing yourself. You're you're growing. Uh, man, if nobody's told you, dude, I will, man, because I pay attention to you, man. There's, uh, that's why I wanted to have you guest spot on the show over at Patty's, man. Yeah, that, or uh, host, I mean, host, I mean. Yeah, that, and that's so. It's uh, comedy's been, and that's that's actually. I don't know. Robert's reading my notes, y'all. Y'all know, y'all don't even know. He's just looking over. Just like, oh, I'm hey, reading. I, dude, I can't read <laughs> this shit, dude. <laughs> He's like, no, what is that? Is that a hieroglyphic? No. Um. So, uh, a couple things I want to gear us towards before we get get too far gone out of here. Um, so I've been fortunate to work with a bunch of guys and do a bunch of fun little shows. I even produced a show of my own that I'm working on getting other dates for, but like, uh, it's, I haven't really done like a, uh, like a, a non showcase show. Like I haven't, uh, well, one, one. Uh, so this will be my second one. I got to guest spot at Drew Davis, yeah. which was nice, yeah. you know, cause it was like, uh, that was my birthday and that was really cool. But then, you know, you hit me up and you're like, uh, you know, you want to host one. And my first instinct is yeah. Cause I'm like, Oh cool, it'll be Robert, and he'll have somebody else from the kettle and everything. And then, like, you you send me the flyer, what it's done, and I was like, oh, fuck, no, it's Ben Jones and Robert. Fuck yeah, because yeah. that's, you know, as far as local comedy goes, like, you know, you and Ben have been doing it for a minute, so getting to go somewhere with y'all yeah, and do something's and, fantastic. And whenever I put people on shows that, that we're doing, I like to try to make it to where, like, it kind of flows, everybody's kind of fits together, in the, you know, in the show, um... It's always like, you know, we're all just, you know, we all do what we do, man. We all fucking, you know, smoke and joke, man. So that's literally the thing. Yeah. So I was like, you know, and I got uh, Jordan Ballard doing a guest spot on it from Charlotte. Um, he's a cool dude. Also, you know, another dude, you know, smoking, smoking, token, fucking joker, man. Uh, so we're going to have him out there. He's going to do some guest spots. So it'll just be the four of us. And, uh, so I just think, you know, I, I think you'd be a really good fit for the, for it. Um, it also an opportunity for you to kind of put your wheels on the road and kind of get a little, uh, get a little out of town work in yeah. under your belt, which is, um, which is something I tell, you know, any comic, you know, out there, especially, you know, the new ones, man. Um, that's. It, we are living in like the era where like you can like make a lot of progress on like online and reels and you know content and all that shit. But there's still at the, at the end of the day, there's nothing like you know putting the fucking miles on your car. Man. Oh, dude, I love it. And uh, so like then you know I, I feel like to to be a better comic, dude, you have to get out there and get in those road experiences because the experiences themselves will make you better comic um like you know i tell that story about me and ben jones getting pulled over and fucking which, <laughs> which i won't tell the joke because it's part of my set but at the same time it's one of those it's an example of something that it happened on the road it's a story it's an experience and it's something that you can take that, that you can take and add it into your set if you, if you punched it up you know good enough but it's one of those things that it wouldn't have happened if i didn't get out on the road and get those experiences but not only just that um when you have social media and you have like headliners and shit that are following you, you're following. Um, you know, you might not always be thinking that like who's watching, who's looking at my shit, who's looking at my everybody, everybody. everybody. So what there? So what a lot of these guys do? These fucking guys have been to these rooms. They know what they pay. They know how far you drove. You drove to get there. So when you see guys like. Uh, like me and Hill and Saunders, we were going out to uh, the Carolina Comedy Club in Myrtle Beach. I don't know, like every fucking weekend. Yeah. Dude. Like one of us would be hosting, one of us would be guest spotting, and so one of us wasn't even getting fucking paid, dude. So, but uh, like so, but it was like we'd ride, you know, we would ride down there. I think we rode down there together twice, and then eventually, uh, like he started hosting it a little bit more than me, and um, I started going up there and doing like you know some. 
still on like guest spots and like I kind of hosted for a good portion of the summer and I just uh, started going elsewhere and started doing some other work. I got, honestly, I got burnt out driving down to the fucking beach that much. But, um, yeah, dude, and, uh, but he, you know, he kept driving down and like, you know, when you see, when you put those miles. This episode of the Sidewalk Crew is sponsored by Dubby Energy. We're declaring war on big energy. That's right. You've heard it. Guys, I've, I've been somebody who for a long time has drank energy drinks from a lot of those companies that sell a lot of different colorful cans in a lot of different colorful places. And uh, you know what? It's just I always find out like I either drink too much and I feel jittery sometimes because of the additives, uh, because it's got so much filler, um, because there's so much sugar in it. Even in the ones that don't have sugar, they hide sugars in it. There's just a lot of other bullshit in a lot of your energy drinks and you know with w energy we're waging war on it w energy is a new energy drink that's out there declaring war on it they're tired of big energy favoring profit over quality and making energy drinks loaded with um maltotoxin fillers artificial colors and dyes sugars all sorts of things you shouldn't have things that make you shake and everything and especially things that get you crash so if you're as upset as i am you know uh, declare war on big energy with us check out w energy drink um w energy drink comes in a powder throw it in a shaker shake it up on your own man look fantastic fantastic flavors um, me personally, I'll tell you what, since I've been with W, uh, I really like the Dragonade, uh, Dragonade's awesome. You've also got the Dub Sludge, uh, the Big Energy Tears, uh, the Beach and Peach is fantastic. The Beach and Peach is slushy worthy, I'm telling you. Flavors like Passion Joy, Push and Punch. Um, and if you're not ready to commit to a whole tub of energy, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know what? Grab a starter pack. The starter pack comes with a shaker cup and a couple small ends so you can get a sample of what it's like. Experience crash-free energy. Experience something better. And if you use the code ThatComicTony, you're going to get 10% off your purchases on Dubby. That's right. If you use the code ThatComicTony at per uh, checkout, you'll get 10% off on your purchases. So declare war on big energy. Try Dubby using the code ThatComicTony today, and we can declare war on big energy together guys like the dry, but so Hewlin I know he was Hewlin was hanging out at the comedy zone a lot that's that's where and like I'm not saying that like I like I like as quick as he got work but it just like to me it seemed like because he was putting in the effort and going in exactly hang, exactly and uh it's that's that and that's one of the things like um you could be the funniest fucking dude in one particular room but if you don't leave that fucking room I mean who's gonna know exactly like who's gonna know that you're the funniest dude in that room unless you get out of it and, uh, or like, you know, it's just the things that's like, how many comics, how many of the great comics did you hear their beginning story was like, man, I used to just hang out in, you know, this club where I used to hang out outside, man, I used to go to the comedy cellar just to fucking watch shows all the time. Like how many fucking comics started in that very same fucking fashion that, uh, and just like Ben Jones too. Ben Jones is not one of those dudes. He was like, man, he'd always tell me a story. I love, I love when Ben Jones tells me like how he started doing comedy. Cause it's like, I think it's, he's one of the hardest fucking work dudes in the business and like to tell it when you listen to a story you kind of understand it like he would tell you man like dude i would be cooking at uh, uh i think he was Char charlie's or wherever the fuck he was working at the time he was cooking uh, at a restaurant and he would take his apron off and he would drive down to regardless if he had to go to fucking school the next night or not i mean the next morning or not he'd go to the comedy zone he'd fucking go hang out there he'd watch the fucking shows man 
And, um, you know, he'd go into school the next day, you know, smell like fucking cigarette smoke. Because when Ben was hanging out there, you could still hang out. You could still smoke in bars and shit at that time. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. Ben would show up to school, like, fucking just smell, just reeking of cigarette smoke and, like, smell like a comedy club. But he would tell, the way he, t- he fucking loved it, man. Like, if Ben had a fucking, had a damn, uh, had a scent, that motherfucker wants to smell like a, like a fucking comedy club in 2008. <laughs> but he could still fucking smoke inside. And... Uh, look, look, look out! Look out for Ben Jones' uh, backstage comedy zone. New sent by Dior uh, <laughs> comes out next month. So what? Here's and, uh, here, here's a crazy thing that I think that, that I like to pick your brain about because I think you have a cool perspective on it because you do it. But like you, you took your steps to do it. So like, ah, with here, you know, I've got like a logo design and everything, and I'm throwing on shirts and shit. Yeah. You know, um, I see some guys who like just throw out whatever on it. Now, like, I'm not saying that anybody, there's nobody I know who's got concepts for merch that are bad, but like, like I've got a sticker that pertains to a joke and I've kind of waited to put that out because I want that joke to be like smack before I do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, where's, where's your wavelength on that? Like so, in general, in general. As far as like comedy merch, um, uh, I feel like comedy merch should be something that, uh, you could probably sell out of a Flying J truck stop. You know? <laughs> like, like, yeah. Okay, so like, what I mean by that is, it's like something that you just go in there and you would see it and you're like, oh, that's pretty fucking funny. And but you weren't there to tell them that joke. They saw it and they were like, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Like I got this one shirt. Um, it's the GoFundMe logo, but it's uh, I switched letters so it says Go Fuck Me. Yeah. And uh, and I'll bring you one of those when I get that when I get more of those in. Um, they should be in this week. Woo. Um, but, uh, yeah, I make, get my shirts made by this guy named Adam Haynes, uh, standout stuff in Charlotte. Um, that's the guy, kind of guy makes a lot of comics merch, honestly, right now. Um, uh, which I know a lot of people have their t-shirt guys. Um, but since he is the guy that makes my shirts, I just like to throw a little shout out to him. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, does great fucking job too, man. Uh, he's very prompt as a, uh, you know, he's really fucking good about like getting like, you know, your colors down exactly what you want. Exactly. You know, he'll send you a bunch of different fucking arts and uh, as he's going through your art process and, um, cause he just did this one shirt for me where, uh, it's a uh, free Willie, but it's, um, it's a whale dressed as Willie Nelson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so that, that, so those are two things. Uh, go fuck me and the free Willie shirt. So you can look at those. And laugh. And laugh, dude. And you don't have to fucking... Like, everybody knows who Fruit Willie is. Everybody knows who fucking Willie Nelson is. You have a stoned out fucking whale with some damn dreads and a band of American flag bandana on. Like... That's fucking. That, that's, that's Willie Nelson. That's gonna laugh at that shit, man. You see, go fuck me, dude. How many people? How many times have I walked down the street and somebody was like, "Dude, that's funny as shit." And it looks like, and and that one actually, I searched, I fucking searched Spencer's Hot Topic anywhere that sells novelty fucking shit like that because I could not fucking believe that wasn't done. Absolutely fucking blown away, dude. I mean, I'm talking about like three months of fucking research. Because I wasn't convinced that it wasn't done. Dude, I drove... You know how many Spencer's fucking stores I drove to and sifted through their fucking shirts and walked in, and walked and looked at their walls? I'm like, this has got to be here somewhere. Somewhere, dude. somewhere. I was like, it has to be, dude. And I was like, so then I was like, I was like it's not, dude. It's fucking not. And I cannot fucking believe it. So I was like, dude, this is going to be my fucking... This is going to be my joke merch. And I was like... And I pushed those out. And I remember I ordered 48 of those fucking shirts. And I did a... It was like the last... The last feature gig I did before I stopped, I think I was back at the Comedy Zone in Greensboro, and um, I had busted those out. And I had, the joke was, uh, and I won't tell the joke because I got to tell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't but, burn um, your material. We got I'll to- tell you. I'll tell you after we do this. But uh, um, 
I thought I brought, I brought him out, man, and it got a huge reaction, like, after I told the joke, and I was like, oh, yeah, also, we have merchandise for this, and they got a huge reaction to it, man. A lot of people thought it was so fucking funny, man. I gave a couple of them away that night, and um, after the show, you know, we got the little booth and the little fucking uh, set outside the Comedy Zone door, and everybody's walking out, and as they walk past the, you know, the shirts, man, dude, I had a fucking line of fucking people that wanted this shirt, dude. And I sold, I went home with three shirts that night. Hell yeah. And I could not fucking believe it, dude. I'm talking about, like, I sold all the sizes, dude. Weirdly enough, like, big people, like, I sold the big sizes first. Cause I feel, <laughs> it's just for some reason, like, I, I guess, I, I don't know what it was. was just, but, like, they were like, yo, you got four X's and threes? And I was like, hell yeah, I carry four X's, dude. Like, I'm not one of those dudes that's not going to carry a four X. How many people exist? How many people exist? Kaijus are not just a myth, motherfucker. <laughs> They're real, man. Yeah, we're real. We're real. My, yeah, my heart, my heart's a defense to it. We're real. I mean, <laughs> so you've known Ben since elementary school? Um, I met. I actually didn't uh, know Ben. I didn't know Ben till I started doing comedy. It was just happened to be that happenstance. We went to, yeah, I just happenstance that my sister had a fucking yearbook that has his picture in it. That's crazy. And it's just one of the things I was like, that's a small fucking world. And I just thought that was a cool fucking. That was a very cool, unique thing about me and Ben. It was kind of like um, it, we're in two separate grades, and now we're like. Fucking, well now we're just like, dude, like, you know, open micer, here's this guy that's been experienced for a few years, here's this guy that's brand fucking new. And, uh, and Ben was always really fucking cool to me when I started. That's why I always, like, got really, I got really close with Ben, because he was just so fucking nice to me when I first started doing comedy, man. And he was very helpful, man. And, it, you know, we, he took me on, like, some gigs with him to this place called Laugh Out Loud in, uh, Clayton. And this is another Ben Jones story that speaks to his to his work. Um, he would, you know, Clayton is out there by fucking Raleigh. Right. Yeah, you got Yeah, 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 yeah. Clayton's by Raleigh. And um, he would drive to this fucking club to MC for not even a fucking dime, dude. But he did. He did it because. Uh, they were giving him the work, they were giving him the, uh, the experience, and he, and he tells me, and he swears to this day that, that is, uh, that's the experience that made him the better the comic he is, because that's what made him a better comic. Well, I mean, it's, it's worth it, though, when, and, uh, when, you, when you look at it like that. Like and so, for you. Yeah, and that's, so that's one of those dudes that like, I, I tremendously respect Ben for being uh, the true definition of a road comic. Like, that's the dude that fucking will put his wheels... You know, he drove all the way to fucking El Paso, Texas. Like, who the fuck drives to El Paso, Texas? That's fucking crazy. Ben Jones. Ben Jones drives to fucking El Paso, Texas, man. Um, Which makes me want to. So that you're one of the one of the two two reasons I wanted to have you on, especially today, and being able to work it out where we could do it today. A um, to talk about on the twenty third because I really appreciate the opportunity for that. Um, B to say thanks for the twenty second. So uh, as everybody on here is about to find out, and if you if you follow me on social media, you know. 22nd, I'll be at Kettle, uh, you know, pulling, uh, closing, closing out the open mic and, uh, you know, shout out, shouts out to Robert for making that happen. Uh, that, that's fucking awesome. And we're going to try to, uh, tear that motherfucker down. Oh, hell yeah, man. That is the Brewer's Kettle in Kernersville, North Carolina on East Mountain Street. Um, yep. Yep. We've got the, we've got the flyer out. We'll tag it on the end of this one. Uh, it's going to be a cool week for us to do comedy. And, uh, you know, I've, I've not known Robert as long as I've known some of the guys, but you know, I've gotten to hang out with Robert and doing that, uh, so let's talk about what you want to do with your podcast, because like the, oh, yeah, I, I love the idea and everything, and I want to hype that shit up as much. Because first of all, first chance I get, I'm coming out and I'm going to do it. 
uh, se- if you want me on. Second of all, I just oh, I, I just think it's uh, you know I just want to be able to. I think it's cool to have this because like I talk about David Goldsby's podcast that up on here all the time. I listen to it, man. It's really yeah, good. Yo, what, listening to Guap just talk something about it is listen, man. That dude is like uh, that dude is like becoming like uh, less of a person and more of a fucking entity in himself. Like and like dude, like David Goldsby is just like like this is just such a such an interesting dude to listen to. And honestly, dude, I've played. Um, you know, like, like he like record himself like playing a game or something. Like it'll just be like fucking talking through it. Like uh, what was this game Hollow Knight? Yeah, I never knew what the fuck that game was until I'm sitting here watching this dude play, watching the video of this dude fucking play this game. And I'm like, dude, I'm just, I'm like, what the fuck is this game? This dude is fucking playing, man. And I'm just like, I get a lot of fucking, I pick up a lot of shit off of like watching other people's stuff. But, like I, I learn new games just off of following his shit. Yeah, and he's uh, he's just a very, he's a very smart dude, man. Uh, and, you know, just the way that guy thinks, man. He's Got that, uh, you put a reel up about, like, um, uh, not being able to share a blunt, like, smoking a blunt with his friend, not being able to, like... Share yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, God, dude, that's such fucking... <laughs> Who the fuck thinks of this shit, Wait, He says that shit, and, like, he says the shit, and it's like, because I know I've thought it before, but I thought it 12 years ago and would never would have thought about it as for a context of this. And I'm like, yo, this dude, like, it's just, every time he does it, it's real. But, so, you're, you're starting years up. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'll be starting it towards the end of March. Um, I'm gonna call it the Road Killers Podcast. Uh, basically, what I want this to be is a, is a podcast about comics just coming in, telling the experiences from from the road. Uh, we, we, you know, the guys that have been doing this for a long time. You you've seen it all, man. You've been there, you've done it, you've seen it. Yeah, you, you know, you have something to tell. Yeah. Um, and you know, this is a way you know other comics can also just hear hear great stories, but also kind of learn things about you know what life is actually like on the road. Because, uh, you know, a lot of comics might not tell you, man. The motels that you stay in, a lot of them are shit, dude. Dude, uh, it's nothing and, like a know, motel where you can hear the hooker next door. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, I, yeah, dude. Uh, well, look up a place called um, <laughs> called uh, the Lincoln Lodge Motel in, I want to say, Clarks Hill, Indiana, or Frankfurt, one of the two. I want to say Clarks Hill. Um, yeah, that, that'll give you a fucking good example of, um, that's not a place where I, a comic book, where I got booked to stay at. It's just a place where my truck broke down. That's just kind of where I had to be. <laughs> um, but you'll get, but that's, uh, that's a good example of some of the fucking places that you can stay in, man. Like, uh, that they might, that you might get booked in. Yeah. Uh, um. Middle of nowhere. I've, I've or heard like, sto- you know, there's a, uh, oh, go ahead. Well, I've heard stories about guys being like, you know, uh, there were a couple stories I've heard about guys being like booked at a bar and they don't realize until they get to the bar that it's like a Hell's Angels biker bar. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you're already there. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you uh, yeah, going to do? So, uh, so, yeah, you know, everybody's got different unique stories, you know, different tells, you know, also, you know, things that they can just, you know, advice that they can offer to other comics, you know, just try to get some seasoned veterans on there. Um, and I just think it's just, you know, because I love, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite type, types of comedies is storytellers and people that just have a good fucking road story, man. And uh, just be able to just sit here and listen to it and just kind of be able to relate and, you know, learn about, you know, just uh, from their perspective of what their life on the road has been like. Joey fucking Diaz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joey exactly. fucking Diaz. That is, that exactly. is if, if you could put me in a room and I can make Joey Diaz chuckle yeah. and like on the way out, he was like, Good shit, cocksucker. I swear to God, I'm going outside, I'm putting a gun in my mouth, and I'm putting a bullet in my brain because I'm never going to feel better than that right oh, there. Yeah. 
Like, never. That's it, that's it for me. Yeah, I'd stop right there. Well, no, I wouldn't. I'd chase that high for the rest of my fucking life. Oh, yeah, but, dude. But, like, Coco's just, Coco's the best. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, I've been getting into a lot more podcasts lately. Uh, more so podcasts than I have, like, TV. Um, because I just feel like it's kind of like, since I'm in my car so much driving around for either comedy or for my job, um, working for working for the beer company, um, I was just kind of spending, and also door dashing. It's just like so much time that I spend in my car. I've listened to about three or four of your episodes by now. Um, great podcast, man. I definitely uh, put five stars on that fucker, man. That's a, that's a good shit, man. You did a re- really professional job. I like that one you had, uh, what is it? Um, Jody uh, from Blue Denim. Jody Morphus, yeah. yeah he, he owns Blue really, Denim. Really, dude, I, I, I really enjoyed that, man. That was that was really informative, man. A really good conversation you guys had on that one. Um I had a lot of good shit to say, man. I definitely have to go, go check that. Go get some food there, man, one day, man. Dude, we, look, when I shit you not, Robert, me and my buddy walked in and we sat down and uh, the guy was like, what can we start you off with? And we were like, we would like every appetizer. And like, he was like, nah. And we were like, yeah. <sighs> like, like that's how we walked into the restaurant. We want to try every appetizer you got, pimp. Oh, hell All yeah, of man. them. All of them. That now we omitted the barbecue shrimp because like but like we had like crawfish. Dude, he's got crawfish beignets. It's like crawfish stuffed savory hush puppies. Shit tastes like your French kissing Jesus, my guy. That shit is amazing. Uh he had these Brussels sprouts that were done in this fucking like just they're like these roasted Brussels sprouts. And the menu changes all the time. I had a crawfish etouffee is my main. Yo, I wish my mama was there. I'd have slapped the dog shit out of my mama too, or just like Shit is delicious. Oh, it was yeah, amazing. Dude. And Jody's a great time. He's he's he he's a guy who enjoys comedy, but like it's like you said on the episode, he's if he's feeding you there, he's gonna feed you like he fed you if you were at his house. Yeah. And there's nothing and like he was he was he was caught up enough and his staff is so great where he had the time, you know, in between because like I think he had served everybody that had that was seated and, like, he didn't have anybody, like, on deck to come in for a minute. So he was able to sit with us for a minute. We were able to talk about it. Dude, my man had duck confit nachos. What? What? This shit was fire. Uh, oh, yeah, they yeah. offered us coffee with dessert, which is, yo, if you're a nice sit-down restaurant and you don't offer a cup of coffee, like, if I commit to the dessert, offer me a cup of coffee. Fuck yeah, You dude. know it's going to be good for I my digestion. Yeah, yeah. They offered us coffee with dessert, and I was like, we were like, absolutely. You know, that bread pudding, and it was amazing, because usually there's raisins in bread pudding. I don't fuck with raisins. My boy Lance don't fuck with raisins. Jody was like, who the fuck ruins bread pudding with raisins? He didn't say it exactly like that, but that's how I would say it. And I was like, yeah, that's for you, man, Jody. But yeah, Jody's cool people. I love Joe, yeah, and he's he's a good comic. Like it's when he gets time, you know he's a well, he's, yeah. a, he's an open micer. Yeah, because I already is uh, he's in the UCC. Or what you got? Yeah. In the second round. Yeah, uh, he was know. he's been in the UCC a couple times, and he's he's funny, man. Yeah. he's good. Um, but he just you know he, that's his lifeblood. Yeah, so, you absolutely. Know, he, he puts yeah. his time there, but I love it when Jody comes around and watching Jody come to shows. Yeah, dude, what I like about listening to that guy, to that guy talk, you can tell how passionate he is about uh, about about his business and his restaurant. You know, just like just be able to serve people, um, not just you know be able to make money, but be able to make people happy with his food. Yes, yeah. that's, that's one of the things. That's that shows that that's. The the right reasons to go into the restaurant industry you want to make people truly happy with the you know with the art that you've created like he said there's no real restaurant like it like his out there right now no um, not not here and so you have something that's very unique to the city and it's very unique you know just to the restaurant industry around and so you take a lot of pride in stuff like that man you can you can hear the pride in his voice when he talks about and and the, yo the food is I, I, like i'm gonna say something controversial best shrimp and grits in the city 
bar none. I put anybody's up against it. Anybody from what you told me about these uh, about these hush puppy um, oh the crawfish beignets the crawfish beignets I, I believe it man I, I'll have to go check this place out we'll, 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 I'll call, I'll call one night when we ain't doing that I'll get us a table we'll go have we'll go have a good Hell time yeah, it'll be fun um but rogue killers so everybody keep your eye out for that what we're gonna do um I didn't tell you I was gonna do this beforehand but this is what we're gonna do what we're gonna do on sidewalk crew is uh we're gonna we're gonna get Robert in the studio with us and we're gonna record him a good commercial and promo and we're gonna run you a promo. Uh, two weeks really? before your podcast, so we can build you up a good listener oh, base yeah, and come to your premiere and shit, that, you know, like that. It's you know because uh, I, I like you know I like doing shit with comics and everything, and you yeah, know it's a, and and look, let me tell you, uh, you know I'm a, I'm an idiot box regular. Everybody knows that. Everybody listens to my matter of fact, you know, here in a minute I'll do my little spiel, and that's just what I do with idiot box stuff because um, that's my thing. Oh um, yeah, man, it's it's a it's a great club, man. They do uh, they they you know they do they do they are the scene. You know, yeah, that, the club is the scene, and. uh you know anybody else is doing it? That's why I like. Uh, that's why I talk about like Nick Chacha. He does the greener side. You know, Goolsby, uh, You know, doing the uh, UWAP. You know, I've got my little show at Vindictive that we do from time to time. You know, but I, what I'm telling you is, is if you're in Winston Salem, you're in Kernsville, or you're in Greensboro. You know, and uh, you know you want to venture out, have a good couple drinks or everything. Brewers Kettle happens every Wednesday night. There's always a decent group of comics that show up. Uh, it's a fun thing. You know, we do free shows at the Box on Wednesday. There are a lot of us comics that get done with that show at the Box. And go straight to Kernersville because yeah. it's the only double dip around. And that's yeah, and that's what I intended that to be for uh, was because you know there was a time when I years ago when I first started doing comedy, man. In Charlotte, you could do three open mics on a Tuesday night, dude. It was crazy, dude. It was like you had like I think Comedy Zone in Charlotte was doing a mic and uh, a regular mic, and they were doing um, uh, Jackalope Jacks, which was ran by Kevin Alderman at the time. And then uh, I think it was a place called Tabby Tuesdays. And I think I place clothes. I think Kevin Alderman just he, like, started doing the comedy cartel and all that other stuff. Yeah. And, um, which, I mean, I, which you can follow Kevin Alderman at the comedy cartel. Uh, give a big shout out to him. Uh, really good dude. Uh, really good comedy booker and producer. Um, and then the Comedy Zone, I think they just veered away from doing the open mic. So, so, um, it was a while before. It was a while since I've seen a double dip opportunity in in the Greensboro scene. Uh, so you know, I know that you know Jenny runs a lot of mics on like you know pretty much almost every night of the week. At the time, it was like probably it was like four nights a week or something like that. It, um, it depends on what's going on. It's so you know they do, but uh, everything, yeah. So like. Um, yeah, I wanted to like try to set up a time to where like you know when they had their mic going, you know you can you can get off here and go pop down here and do two sets in one night. Yeah, because I know because like I've been I've been asked by a couple of different people like, oh, why do you start your mic at eight thirty, man? Like it's just like it's uh. Well, I'm like, well, dude, if I move the time to any earlier, then it just kind of kills the opportunity for what I intended it to be for. Yeah, like uh, I I didn't want it to be a. Um, you know, to compete with anybody's mic. I want it to be an opportunity to pretty be like, just kind of come, you know, here, here's your mic that you do here. You can ride over here. You can get some more time. Yeah. And that's, you know, if you can do, if you can do two separate, you know, five to seven minute sets a night, even, even one night, one or two nights a week, if you can double dip, dude, that, that could project your writing from here to fucking here, dude. I mean, it really makes the, it really makes the difference in your writing because you're just adding that extra 10 minute, 10 to 15 minutes or even more depends. I mean, hell, if we don't have that many comics at night. You can run fucking fifteen. Yeah. I mean, you can run 10, 15 minutes, dude. If we ain't got but you know a few comics yeah. signed up, which well, lately I've, that I've, 
Yeah, that hadn't been a thing, but I've been there nights before where it was like you, me, Ben, and Colin, and we ran 15s back yeah. back and back and back. And just, <laughs> it gets to the end of it, and then we're like, yeah, you know, this is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, dude, but then something lately, man, like, it's been like, um, we might start with like four and end up with like 13 or 14, yeah. <laughs> like, which is cool, man. I'm absolutely happy and very thankful for the Greensboro uh, comedy scene, for the growing support of the mic and coming out here and um, doing the mic, like, you know, it's, it, it, it's a great scene. It's growing, and there's just there's so much more that we can put into it too, man. There's there's so many more you know ways that we can keep growing this scene because it's grown tremendously over the last couple of years. Oh, it's um, the, and the crazy part is is there's there's enough of us that are not just hobbyists. Like the yeah. vast majority of us are decent. Yeah, and uh, and a lot of us like you know have real passions for uh, to do these uh, shows and to book these shows. I mean, I don't want to run a million fucking shows, but you know. Yeah, and nobody own. does. Nobody does. No, dude. Like, uh, I want to have time to go home, smoke, and scratch my nuts. Yeah, like, dude, like I like <laughs> if I could run like because I picked up this uh, I picked up this room in Summerfield called Greg Gables, and I'll be doing like booking like a monthly show out there, and um, it's like an event venue. They do mostly weddings and stuff there, but they want like a semi uh, PG thirteen, I guess. Um, Not squeaky clean. But yeah, yeah. Um, like two hour shows. Uh, once a month, like every second or third Friday, depending on what the month is. Um, so like that, I can, you know, I can book that and I can, you know, book my bro's kettle mic and I can focus on my comedy. But like, you know, there's a certain point when you start booking somebody rooms, like, do you want to be a comic or a fucking producer? Um, so if you just want to be a producer, yeah, book, book, book shit down rooms, dude, because that's what you're doing. But if you want to be a comic, dude, don't take on the stress of booking so many damn rooms that you end up kind of just losing your fucking mind. You don't know, like, there is, you know, it's stressful, man. It, it's, hell, even just running, just booking the brewer's kettle, man, it, it's a lot, man. Because, like, you know, you have one, you know, you're trying to find, constantly find comics that can do, that you know have the 20 minutes that you want to pay for their time. Um, you want to make sure that you have comics that are being, you know, that are coming out to the mic, that are being treated well, and um, just, uh, you know, some anything, you know, one hiccup happens, dude, it can make, you know, makes a difference well, in the show. But so the more rooms that you have, the more shows you produce, and the more problems you can run into. Well, I enjoy what you do out there, man. Uh, I know I, I come as much as I can, but I got to make it a thing to come as often as I can because it's it's a it's a it's a good time. It's a great thing to be able to do, and you pull in some great closures too. Yeah, like, Trish dude. Smart was fucking fantastic oh yeah man I, and that's the thing that, that uh that i love about putting the closers on there and i like paying attention to see like um even if i'm not like physically there at a lot of shows like i know i don't really uh i don't come to the box uh which i need to do more of that and start coming out to more shows like personally um and start hitting more mics like that uh, and that's just something i need to work on myself um but I pay attention to everybody and what they're doing. You know, I mean, that's why, and that's why I say social media is so, it is, it's so important about who's watching you. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I look to see everybody's reels, what they're doing, what, you know, I mean, you know, where, who's booked, you know, who's getting booked right now. Um, and just kind of checking to see, you know, who's working right now, man. Because, like, you know, I, I want to make sure that, because they're paying me, they're, they're giving me, you know, uh, X amount, yeah. X amount, um, to, pay comics to come out there and I want to make sure the bar is getting their quality of show. I mean, even if, it, even if some nights we might only have like 10 people there, some nights we might have 30, man. Some you should, you should get more. a good show. I mean, hell, if the Trish Smart, first time she came out there, we had 94 people out there. It's fucking crazy. Well, and the thing is too, like you get, that, that's where you see like, there are guys I know that show up, like I know dudes that will show up to a mic 
that's all comics. And I'm one of them. You know, show them, like, that's comics. And, like, you'll fuck around a little more because you know it's just comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you go to do... there, Everybody can tell when you're trying to do that joke because yeah. you watch you turn it on. Yeah. Like, and you can watch you go from, oh, it's just us here, you know, yeah. fucking rain, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then when somebody starts talking about that joke, anybody who's been doing it for a while knows how to watch them go, all right, cool, that's that yeah. joke. This is how that joke works. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's you could you could see that you know we all know how to turn it on, even yeah. though even though all of us at the same time will uh, address the fact that it's like hey motherfucker like it's you me the club owner and you know the club owner's yeah. niece or whatever. Yeah, and then also like man, I like to get comics out there like that, like you know because I know like how much like how much money is are they getting really like who's paying to close out a fucking open mic on a fucking wednesday right now well i mean yeah yeah you know it's uh some one of the it's something that i picked up from when i used to uh mc at the laughing gas in winston-salem um they would uh they would bring their weekend uh closer out you know weekend headliner out would do like 20 minutes to close the open mic on thursday yeah and i was like that's that's actually pretty cool because even if the open mic fucking flops dude you got a fucking good comic that's going to close your show out so you're going home with a laugh yeah and, and if you got a bunch of comics who are there and you know that are there all the time you know you get to you're going to tell those comics hey shut the fuck up stick the fuck around watch this shit yeah yeah and also you know it's a, it's a learning opportunity it's also networking with a comic that might be a little more seasoned that might be all that you know might be able to either you know help you help you with your writing or help you with your with your networking your marketing your booking i mean there's always so many things that you can come from uh, you can get from other comics from you know your seasoned veterans in the in the in the industry versus just getting jokes like uh, there was one guy, uh, Hank Denson, man, dude. I learned so much about marketing, marketing from this dude. Like, I didn't even fucking talk jokes with this dude. I just sat, I was, he, he uh, headlined the Carolina Comedy Club in Myrtle Beach, and I emceed that show. And uh, we just talked outside about just fucking marketing, and he had, like, this really good merch, dude, where it was, like, a, like a eggs, like a, car, like a dozen eggs, <laughs> and you would scan it with your phone, like a QR, and uh, on your phone, probably like a little app would come up and like the egg carton would open and the fucking eggs would like all jump out and start dancing and shit. And, um, and, but it was cool. So it was funny. It was, you know, interactive, but when he, every time that shirt got scanned, it got sent back to his app. So it had like little red dots all over this fucking app and it'll have like, you click on and tell you how many, like a number and that's how many times your shirt's been scanned or whatever, or how many like, so that tells you that's data that you collect that you can see like, oh fuck man. And, uh, damn little rock arkansas i've got fucking 220 fucking scans over here man over here in damn fort myers florida i've got fucking 187 like or over here in damn uh, louisville kentucky i've got like nine so you know you need to go out and fucking put more shit out there that's where that's not where you've grown your fan base at but you know you've grown out here you've got a lot of people that liked you out here yeah so you kind of see where you're more popular at and where you would like, probably sell a lot more tickets at and so that's just kind of like ways, that's just kind of like a really good tool that you could use as far as like help getting your book, booking. Help book, help plan runs. Yeah, help yeah. plan runs and shit like that. And I was like, damn, that's fucking crazy. Also, you can also use that as your marketing fucking, your marketing tool. Like you go on a book a show, it's like, look, here's how many people, here's how many shirts I sold at these venues in this place. Whenever you go out there, if you want to book your own show. Uh, so that's just a really good data to use to actually show, like to sell yourself as, uh, to sell just yourself and your show. And what you're doing. Um, so, you know, there's always different things that, you know, I hear a lot of comics talk about, like, man, like, talk about getting tags and all this other shit for their bits. Like, dude, you can always just talk about to them about marketing, too, because, dude, joke writing is 30% of this fucking business, dude. The rest of it is fucking marketing yourself. How are you selling yourself as a yeah. 
Um, so like, you can be the funniest person in her eyes, so I, but if you're not marketing yourself the correct way, nobody's ever going to fucking know it. Exactly. Exactly. And, um, so yeah, dude, it's, uh, that's, that's just my advice. Um, just to try to just go out there, hang out, talk to people, network. Um, that's why I try to bring a lot of these closers out there. Um, and also like they might have 20 minutes that they want to work on. Like, you know, it might be something that like they're trying to hone in or tighten up. And, um, so they're professional enough that I know that they've got good material for this audience, but also they've got an audience that they could work on. They were, so it's, you know, everybody's kind of helping each other at that point. Um, so they can, you know, I'm not expecting, you know, to come out there and drop a fucking Netflix special, man. I'm trying to, you know, entertain this audience for fucking 20 minutes. Do, you know, do good work on your shit. It's an opportunity for, you know, all of us to, you know. Yeah. Work on your long form. Yeah. And that, and I like the way I designed that mic to basically be like a, like a training room for, you know, comics. Like if you want to like, I like. You learn to, how to host. To learn how to host and to learn how to, you know, learn how to close, uh, you know, learn how to get yourself into that next spot that next step that you want to get into like like doing 20 minute sets man that's what helps you get into feature work you start getting a little more comfortable with it yeah because you ain't but fucking five to ten minutes away from fucking doing a full feature set man depending i mean i would i would advise have 45 minutes before you start going out for featuring because that way if you're fucking first 25 that's not gonna work you have another you know 20. you can pick from yeah that you can pick from that you know like and then, like, sometimes, some rooms, they might ask you to be more clean than others. So, you might have, and I'm like, dude, what if your whole 30 is fucking, like, is just... X-rated, yeah. Yeah, dude, so, and you got nothing to work with out of that. Like, I ran into that problem. Uh, I ain't gonna lie, I got hit for the okey-doke on this one, man. I went to, uh, uh, Juwan Cappy had sent me a gig. He was like, dude, can you run, uh, can you host the Comedy Zone this weekend? And I was like, sure, man. I am. This is his headliner. He was like, is this dude Brad Stein? And I was like, all right, I don't fucking know this dude, but all right, cool, man. And uh, Juwan did not give me the details on this dude at all. I went in that motherfucker blind to find out that uh, the owner of the comedy zone, he's like, hey, man, uh, you're going to do, uh, it's a two-man show. You're going to do uh, 15 to 20 um, headliners, Christian, conservative, clean. Um, so just need you, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be on that level of clean tonight. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? I was like, what the fuck is Christian conservative clean, dude? That, I was like, oh, fuck, dude, all right. Apparently this dude, like, performs in, like, churches and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah. What, I, what I gathered from it. Wow, did you pick the wrong fucking dude for the show, man? You're, you're like, uh, uh <laughs> you, uh. you could not have picked a worse fucking dude for this show, man. I think that's kind of, I think I got, I think I got a little foisted on that one, man. So how'd it go? Uh, about as well as you'd expect. <laughs> oh, um, that's crazy. So I tried, I did my very best, dude. I cleaned it up as very best as I could, man. But I was like, dude. I just did not have the material for this, and no, and and, and uh, Paul knew it, dude. He comes out, he's like, "Man, he's like, I, I, he wasn't even mad at me, dude. He was just like, the whole situation was fucked up, man. Because like they didn't even have a feature the, the like for the show, like for like I guess the feature canceled last second or some shit." And, uh, that, you know, Juwan was supposed to host, and he and host, he's like, look, man, you got thrown into this situation, man. I'm not going to be mad at you about it. Dude, he literally paid me. It was like, dude, you can take the weekend off, man. I'll just have Jason host it. I was like, you know what, man? That's fair, because I literally don't have anything for this guy. <laughs> normally, normally that would hurt. 
this one I was like, I think we both had an understanding that this was a fucked up situation that we shouldn't have both, <laughs> that, that none of us should have been in. And so I was like, yeah, I got nothing for this dude, man. Um, yeah, so he paid me. I was like, yeah, I'm going to hit him and take my shit and go home, dude. And um, It'd be like that. But I was like, man, sure. I was like, we're cool. Like, I'm not like getting like fucking booted for like, he's like, no, dude, I'm not. He's like, dude, I'm not even going to hold that shit against you, man. Like, he was super, shit just happened. He was super cool about it, man. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, comedy in a nutshell. Yeah, dude, that's, and that's one of the things I want to, that's kind of one of the things I want to talk about on the Road Killer podcast is like how you can kind of like, you know, those, they're not just stories in the road, but scenarios where comics just kind of walk into like these, you know, wacky situations or just these fucked up situations that, you know, you have to like, uh, you may or may not be prepared for. And that was a humble experience for me because I was not prepared for that. And I was like, man, I really need to be more prepared for a situation like this. Um, you know, I acknowledged that I was that that was not a good time. I was not the comic to be doing that show. Uh, but I also went home and tried to write a lot cleaner for a little while after that too, man. Because I was like, I had nothing for this dude. I try to write most of it clean now because I can make any of it dirty. Yeah, and that's kind of one one of the things I learned. Like Ben told me, I was like, dude, you can always dirty something up, and um, and uh, but just try to write clean. And so I was like, yeah, dude, I definitely went and spent a couple months trying to write more personal stuff, like cleaner stuff. Um, and just try to stay away from some of the dirty stuff, even though that's like what I like doing the most. But yeah, uh, as long as things that you know, I'm not always going to call for it. It's um, and uh, go also if you have a good clean set, you can make a lot more fucking money on it too. Truth be told, yeah. like um, like if you have a fucking website and you're good enough to, if you're good enough as a clean comic and you put corporate clean, like this is like the shit that that um, this is the shit that a lot of people don't tell you. Like if you put corporate clean in your website, dude, you'll get so much more fucking work. And not to say that you can't do dirty shows. You put corporate clean, guess what, man? That's fucking resonates right there. And then, like, this dude, I think his name is Derek Richards. Yeah, DerekRichards.com. It's a really good fucking website to balance, to, to kind of model your shit off of. Because he has, he's, like, corporate clean comedian, and it's, like, big, like, it's, like, big font. Like, that's the first thing to see. So, like, that means you can pretty much fucking perform anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, and then he has like his list of like all the corporate gigs that he's had, spot that he's had, that he's done work for. So those references and shit like that. Just a fucking beautifully built website, man. Like if you if you want to take a look at that, man. To if you're ever gonna build like your comedy page off of, that's definitely one I would recommend. Um, that you uh, model your website off of, or at least get an idea. For sure. And so. Um, yeah, like with, and then you have situations like with what Ben ran into was the second show at, uh, in Fort Wayne where this guy was like, um, there wasn't a lot of people in the audience either that night. Um, I think it's like the weather was really fucked up. It snowed and shit. So, like, the first show sold really good. The second show didn't really bring, fucking about 13 people. Um, but there was two guys, or there was a couple, and they were just fucking drunk, dude. And they started talking to Bender and sit, man. And, like, uh, you know, I'm sitting here, dude. I had enough time to go smoke like three cigarettes, man. I ate my fucking, I ate my food and everything, dude. I'm like, damn, dude, he's still fucking talking to these people. And uh, Ben's like, uh, oh, all right, man. I think it was about long, much longer. I guess. Holy shit, I've been talking to these people for 47 fucking minutes. Whole fucking set he had spent talking to these people, man. And it was just this dude that was so drunk and so hung up on the Ben's summer of '69 bit. <laughs> that's the first thing Ben opens with dude like he opens with that shit dude and this guy was hung up on that motherfucker man for like the longest time like, Jesus Christ and it's just one of those things where you're set, where like you're you're going up there with a full headliner set fucking bland 
And here comes your, uh, here comes this, this couple that's just not going to shut the fuck up. Um, they're like the only, uh, two people really that actually paid that night. The rest of the people that showed up there were like, uh, just people that were just hanging out at the bar Lord, next door. Yeah. And the owner was just like, fuck it, man, just come on in. Like, there's, you know, the weather was, there's snow, snow on the ground. I can't even believe there was even enough people out there to even do the show for the second show. And, um, so, uh. Yeah, they're like the only two people that paid. And Dan was like, normally any situa any given situation, I would have I would have shut that shit down real quick. And he was like, but these are like the only two people that actually paid to see the show, and they're like, but they just happen to be the only ones talking through the show too. <laughs> just letting it happen. Just letting it happen. And he's just like, whatever, man. It's just one of those weird situations that you're just gonna come up with. Um, but like, you're just gotta be kind of a, always expect the unexpected. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, uh, we'll definitely dig more into that story with Ben Jones uh, in one of the episodes of the podcast because I do, um, I did have planned to have Ben Jones on there to talk about that. Oh, yeah. And um, so if, if, you, if you guys like the way that story sounds, keep an eye out for the Road Killers podcast. Like I said, we're going to run stuff for it on here as well. Um, Rob, thanks for coming by, dude. Absolutely. I appreciate dude. you coming through, man. Fantastic, um, man. You can, if you want to support Robert Every, uh, you can follow him at Live to Laugh Comedy. Robert puts on shows all over the place. I mean, he's not just here in Greensboro or Kernersville. He's all over everywhere. We'll be in Fayetteville on the 23rd. Uh, I'll headline at Kettle on the 22nd. Uh, Robert Every's actually going to be at, is it Comedy Zone Tuesday? Yes. The Robert Every will be at the Greensboro. Comedy Zone in Greensboro on Tuesday. There's a Valentine's show. And, you know, this is a show, like, if you go to this, realize it's not just a date night. You're going to a date night at a comedy show. Expect some stuff. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is why my cat sucks. Um, he's a tiny asshole. But uh, check out Robert. Follow him on Live to Laugh Comedy on all your socials. Yeah, Live to Laugh. Yeah, live to Laugh on all my socials. On all socials. Um, uh, Robert Every. Uh, great guy. Now, uh, before we get done here, uh, two little things I do, and this is just how I close my show. First of all, um, if, uh, you know, I have guests like Robert on a lot, a lot of different comics, and me personally, a lot of my comedian friends and stuff, uh, we, uh, I hang out with them at the Idiot Box Comedy Club. Uh, Idiot Box is my home club, and I, it's my favorite place to do comedy. Um, I love going to other places, but the box is just home for me, and that's, you know, just where I got my start. Um, now, uh, Idiot Box has classes and shows all the time. You can check out the Idiot Box on their website or Facebook at idiotboxers.com or the Idiot Box on Facebook and uh, find out what they've got going on uh, there. Um, and, uh, also, uh, every Thursday, in my opinion, is the littest open mic in North Carolina, uh, and it's at the box. Uh, if you ever wanted to try out comedy and you've never tried it out before, go online, hit the event button, pay your five, secure your spot, and you'll get to come try comedy. I promise if it's your first time and you let us know it's your first time and you're funny, we'll laugh at you because we're comics and we want to get more comics up there and everything. And that's my shameless plug and that's what lets me sleep at night. Um, no, no, you get it, man. Well, so, because I, yeah. I, Jenny, Jenny's my, Jenny's my Mitzi Shore. Like uh, that, that woman is just. Yeah, man. I mean, they, 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 uh, they do so much for the comedy scene. Um, I, I need to go up there, uh, more. I haven't been up there in so long. Um, can't finish this. All right, go ahead, Bert. But, uh, but yeah, like with the, with the UCC and the comedy festival and, um, just, uh, you know, just the professionalism of that club. Um, it's, it's like I said, Brett, that the idiot box comedy scene, comedy club is the, is the Greensboro comedy scene. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, my minus uh, yeah, minus comedy zone. But other than that, like it's just the whole like. If you want to look for like the local talent, local shows, you know, good local artists. You know, I'm a big supporter on you know supporting your local artists, support your local businesses. Uh, that's the uh, you know that's where it is right there. Oh yeah, um, for yeah, sure. They do a tremendous job in supporting local talent and uh, just being supportive. 
not making it like such a pressurized environment where like, you know, there's a place where you can walk into and you know that, you know, hell, you're not going to be the only new guy there that night. Yeah. Like, uh, you might have some somebody that might be coming off the comedy class that they teach. You know, they might only, that might be their only experience in comedy so far. Uh, or somebody that might just be showing up there, like I said, man, you know, like heard, you could have heard about it on, you know, your podcast or wherever. Um, and, uh, you just walk in there and they're very supportive. They'll teach you anything. You know, if you're, if you, if you bomb, fuck it, dude, who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, like, like, I mean, there's going to be a fucking million comics there. They're going to fucking help you out. They're going to tell you they also bombed their fucking first time there. And, and we're all, we're all going to tell, we're all going to look at you and be like, how'd you think that went? And as long as you're not delusional, we'll help you along the way. But if you go, I think that was great. Yeah. Then obviously what we might be like, huh? Yeah, if you don't come off like a complete schmuck, dude, they'll help you, man. Yeah, yeah, just don't be like, a dick. Just, yeah, just show up and understand that uh, you're going to bomb again one day. Yeah. They're all going to look at you knowing that we're all going to bomb too one day. And like, we're going to be all... like, hey, you bombed. How I mean, there's going to be a night where uh, fucking Dusty Cagle crushes and everybody else fucking bombs, dude. And then there's going to be a night where everybody's fucking just banger after banger after banger. And then there's going to be a night where we're all just having fun bombing together. Sometimes it's... Oh, dude, the group bomb? The group bomb's awesome. Oh, dude, the group bombs are always the best, man. Which, uh, like, uh, like, dude, I still love bombing in fucking groups, man. I've, I've been a part of a few group bombs. But, but, but like I said, um, so... Thanks but, for coming on, Robert. Um, it's it's been great. Um, now, before we get out of here, one one, one little thing we got to do. So, um, a lot of people ask me uh, where it came from. So, originally, the show was me and four guys. And we used to talk shit. Matter of fact, I shot it like that '70s show. I had a camera in the middle, and we went around the table. And you know that's how we hit all the fucking everything that we were doing because we were degenerates. Um, and it evolved into just me uh, because of you know happenstance and me having a wife. Uh, you know, it just evolved into me moving and uh, changing the show. And now it's just me interviewing cool people. And uh, I've always liked interviewing and talking to people, and a lot of people ask me where I got it from. And the truth be told, uh, probably from James Lipton uh, inside the Actors Studio. Um, he uh, awesome guy. Matter of fact, he had uh, Dave Chappelle on. He was the first guy to interview Dave Chappelle after Dave came back. And uh, he thought the interview with Dave was so prolific that a few episodes after that, he had Dave Chappelle back on to host. And it was the only time that James Lipson actually sat in the interviewer's side of the chair. So got a lot of respect for the man. And uh, he used to ask this thing called the Pivo Questionnaire. Um, and uh, I asked it of all my guests. And uh, until A&E or Bravo says cease and desist, it's not. So it's just like little personality questions where we find out fun stuff about uh, Robert Every. So, Robert Every, what's your favorite word? Oh, man. Like, not curse word, not just... Well, like... Just just word. Man. I'm going to be honest with you. Fuck is my favorite word. Curse word or regular word. That is my favorite word. So we'll call that a twofer. Uh, what is your least favorite word? Um... Least favorite word. Oh man, I don't even know if what my least favorite word would be. I would, I, I would, uh, probably no would be my least favorite word. Um, uh, it definitely is. Uh, is the rejection hurts me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I've, I've just heard it a lot in my, in uh, like growing up. Um, but uh, yeah. I think I think you'd be the first that would say no. So that's actually. Not as common of an answer as most people would think. Um, what sound do you love? The raindrops, man. What Dude. sound do you hate? Sound of a fucking bong breaking, man, which I've heard a lot about. Oh, oh, that's another first. And I forget about and that. You, Dude, it's a different glass break than other glass breaks. Yeah, Did you know when your bong broke, dude? Like, uh, okay, so here's why, here's why I say it's a different sound. Because I had a bong just like... Uh, like um, 
that was just like your normal like beaker bong. And I had so it's I, I had knocked my, my roommate's bong off the table, like just fucking thumb grazed it by accident. I talk with my hands a lot. And so I was like, oh, fuck dude, that's I heard that sound. A week later, dude. I, so I bought a brand new bong the next day. A week later, dude. I'm like, uh, you know, it's I, I've smoked a lot out of it, dude. I gunked the shit out of it, man. So I'm like, you know, I put the uh, the cleaner shit in there. I shook it up. I'm fucking rinsing it out. So there's like a divider in my sink. So I'm just like swishing it around. Ding the fucking thing up yeah. by accident, man. Uh, and the same, dude. I, and I and like because of the sound, the way the first bong broke, I knew exactly what that fucking sound was. And I looked at it, and it cracked all the way around the bottom. Mm -mm. And I was like, oh, dude. Uh, then about three weeks later, all right. So I've got this tiny bong. I got this little like, I mean, probably about a, a one footer, um, which is tiny to me, not the most, but that's tiny. Uh, but, um, cat fucking knocks. Like, my, my cat is a horrible thing of just, you know. Yeah, that, well, that's like this uh, little shit he's been doing for the yeah, past 10 minutes. the shit off the table, so, um. Yeah. And he was really bad. He's always really bad with, like, glasses. Like, uh, like, he's knocking my coffee off the table. He's knocking my drinks off the table all the time. But, like, this particular instance, the bong was the only thing on the table. Mm -mm. And, uh, he knocked it over. But, uh, I heard the, I heard something break. And what happened was the uh, the actual bowl piece broke, but the fucking stem of the bowl was stuck in the fucking... Oh, fuck that. Uh, uh, chewing gum and clay is how I've got it out before. I lost my spot. That one, that one, that one. Favorite curse word, fuck. We've already yeah. decided, yeah, that one was a twofer. What turns you on creatively, mentally, or spiritually? Like, what's the thing that gets you going? Like, um, Honestly, like, bombing honestly helps me, like, it really helps me, honestly, because it will, like, dwell on me for so long. Like, why did I bomb that night? What did I do? Like, why was, was I, was it me? Was I off? What did, was it my writing? And it'll be, and it'll, bo it'll bother me, dude. And I'll listen to, I'll listen to, in my own head, or if I can listen to the, my, my recorded set, and just go over the fucking, my set list for so long. And eventually, I'll just think about that shit so much, I'll think of a new tag, or I'll start wanting to fucking really work on that particular bit that fucking bombed. Um, just not wanting to give up on it. And, you know, I'll start working. Uh, you know, it's really just... Um, I don't want to feel that way again right. for a while. And it just it kind of motivates me to want to work harder um, to get a little bit better on it. Yeah. Uh, and figure out why that joke bombed or if that's even a good joke at all. Because, I mean, sometimes your creativity can just be also deciding whether something was actually good. Was that was this actually good or was this not? Yeah. Um, what cuts you off? What cuts me off? Like, what turns you off? Same, same, flip side of the same question. Uh, arrogance, dude. Um, this is not a business for it, dude. I mean, you could be, you could be, you, you want to be confident on stage. You don't want to be an arrogant asshole mm -hmm. off the stage. Yeah. Um, and I, and I look at that, I look at that aspect as, like, the same way I look at, like, professional wrestling. Like, like, uh... Jake Snego, you know, he talks about on his podcast, um, if you, you know, you're, you're there to put the card, your spot on the card over. You're not there to put yourself over. And if you're constantly there to put yourself over, nobody's going to want to fucking work with you. Yeah. Uh, so same thing, well, same rules apply for a comedy show, man. You're, you're, whatever the lineup is, that's the fucking card, man. You're there to put, you're there to put the card over, man. That's your match that night, dude. Like, yeah, so you're not there to... 
to fucking put yourself over. You're the fucking host, dude. You just do your fucking job with the host. Don't do don't do too much. Um, just do your job, dude. They're most of the time they're gonna forget who the fucking host was, anyways. Oh yeah. You're just there to get the crowd warmed up to explain to go over the announcements to do just do your job. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Also, like, man, just don't uh, you know. Don't get don't get so far ahead of yourself that you think you're farther ahead of comics, man. Like, cause there's nothing there's nothing that'll kill you in the scene more than just uh, basically just coming off as an arrogant schmuck. Dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is one of those things. It can create it creates weird it creates weird vibes in the scene, man. Like, you don't want to think you're better than that. You don't want to think you're above the scene, and that'll kill you in the scene real quick. Oh yeah, for sure. What uh. If skill, knowledge, or like you know, uh, requirement level weren't involved, what if you could pick any career or anything to go into, and it wasn't knowledge based, skill based, or accolade based, you could just plug and play into anything. Is there anything in the world that you'd like to try other than what you do? Fucking uh, guitar, dude. Yeah, dude. If I if I just download that shit into my head, man. We we could we can work on that. As you can see, I play. Like I actually went to yeah. school for music and stuff. So yeah. we could if if you want to learn, like we can work on that. Yeah, dude. If you had to like, if you could just download how to fucking play a guitar into my fucking head, dude. That's something I've always wanted to do, man. What uh? What would you never do? What would I never do? Yeah. What would you like as far as like a career? Like as far as like if it, like it, even even if it's meaning or something. Like, I get a lot of people that say they wouldn't do medical because they don't want to do gross shit, you know, or shit like that. You know, so like stuff like that. Like what what would be the one thing you just like? Uh uh-uh, uh, nope, hands down, not not about it. Oh man, I'd probably say cop. Honestly, I probably wouldn't be a police officer. Mine's cop. Months. I wouldn't be a fucking police officer. The reason why is because, and it's not, there are great cops out there. It's a thankless job. It, it, it is a very thankless job. Um, it's, uh, and, and, and as far as, for as, as far as all the uh, first responders go, uh, thank you for all of them, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, that is definitely the, mo- the most thankless of, of them all. Because I was a firefighter um, in Carnesville for uh, Piney Grove Road Fire Department for a brief time. And I went to um, the GCCC Fire Academy. And uh, you, can tell the, you can tell the real difference between, uh, um, you know, where the public, you know, views, uh, you know, the fire department versus the police department. Which we need them all. And they're all, they're all absolutely tremendously, you know, here for us. I mean, despite, you know, some things, you know, that might, you know, happen in, you know, some police departments. It's not a reflection. It should be a reflection on every police officer. Well, there's crazy that, shit everywhere. There right? is crazy shit everywhere. I mean, but, you know, the, you know, you can, you know, that, that aspect can be applied to fucking any group of people. It just happens to be singles, you know, single out, singled out and, uh, as police officers at this time. I mean, hell, you can have fucking, you can, I mean, if you want to go down that road, you can say every teacher is fucking kids right now. Like, you know, if you ever have one of those. Uh, <laughs> like, uh... Teachers, no, I can't do that. It's, uh, that's, uh, I'll tell you about that in a little bit. I heard Dehaj do something like that the other night, and it's fucking funny. Well, but, like, uh, with, um... Or like, you know, just cause one, you know, just cause one police officer does one thing doesn't mean that they're all like that. And, it's, and that's one of the reasons why I wouldn't do the job is because it, you, it's one of those things where, you know, you do a hundred fucking attaboys, you get one off shit, dude, that's over. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, or even you can do a, a thousand attaboys, one officer on the other side of the country does one off shit and now you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's just such a fucking weird, it's such a weird thing. And, um. You know, that's not, that's not something that I would personally uh, feel like I would be able to take that on myself. Um, you know, that's why there's some people that, that's why, it's, you know, not every job is meant for everybody. Um, Facts. And but, 
finally, which is, this is my favorite question because I love the answers. Um, if God exists, what would you like to hear him say to you when you walk through the pearly gates? Mm. Could be anything. Weed is legal up here. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Robert, everybody. That's Robert, every, everybody. Uh, that's Robert, every, everybody. That's that's the, that's the most Robert every answer I think we have to that question. Um, thanks, you guys, for listening so much for another episode of the Sidewalk Crew. We're going to have all of Robert's social media linked on the bottom of the episode. Um, like I said, you can catch us at Patty's um, in Fayetteville on the 23rd. You can catch Robert on the 14th at the Comedy Zone. And I'll be headlining at the Kettle, which is the open mic that Robert puts on at uh, Brewer's Kettle in Kernersville on East Mountain Street in Kernersville on February 22nd. Uh, love you guys so much. Thank you all for listening. Thanks again for coming on, Robert. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Appreciate you, man. Uh, live to Laugh Comedy. Give Robert a follow. Definitely keep an eye out for him. He's doing great stuff. Uh, love you guys. Thank you for listening so much. Catch y'all next time. This episode of the Sidebot Crew has been brought to you by Lucky 13 Tattoo Aftercare. Hey, guys. Uh, Tony here. And uh, it's no secret, I've got a couple tattoos. And uh, I like to make sure those tattoos stay looking good. And one of the coolest ways that I find to keep my tattoos looking good is Lucky 13. Um, found out about Lucky 13 a while ago, and uh, I just, I think it's a great product. You know, they've got a tattoo balm, they've got it in a tube, they've got it in a tin, and they've got a cleanser and healing ointment. Um, cleanser's the best on a fresh tattoos, and the balm you can use from a brand new tattoo to a tattoo that you've had for years. Look, a lot of my tattoos I've had since I was 18 years old, that's... 12, 13 years ago now. And uh, with Lucky 13, those tattoos look just as pristine as the day that they got put on. And, uh, you know, all natural ingredients with Lucky 13. Uh, things like aloe vera, avocado oil, beeswax, coconut extract. Like, just stuff that's good for your skin. And anything that's good to put on your skin and goes in your skin can also help nourish it better. Uh, Lucky 13 even has a fact test about how it works, how to use it, and what product would be best for you. Uh, they've been talked about on NBC, USA Today, CBS, and Fox. It's just a fantastic product with thousands of great reviews and the fact that they donate to the Impact Melanoma Organization to help educate people of the importance of skin cancer prevention and early detection awareness. It's an all-around great company. When I feel like taking care of my tattoos, I definitely make sure that I hit up Lucky13 at protectyourink.com. Protectyourink.com, and if you use the code that comic Tony, that's T H A T C O M I C T O N Y, you can get twenty five percent off your order. That's right, listeners of this show that use the code that comic Tony at checkout can get twenty five percent off their order. I think that's pretty badass, a lucky thirteen. So let's support a company that does a lot to help prevent skin cancer around the world and that keeps our tattoos looking great. Lucky thirteen tattoo at protectyourink.com.